What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. Our guest for this episode is Lisa De La Vega. Lisa is an accomplished magician and performer who's consulted for some of the biggest names in magic, including David Blaine, Cyril Takayama, and she's currently working on a secret project that you'll definitely want to see next year. She got her start performing with her brother Rico as junior members at the Magic Castle, and in the episode we talk about her magic teacher's wisdom, her experience performing in Los Angeles and around the world, the importance of an attitude of gratitude, women in magic, and consulting for touring stage shows and magic on television. Lisa and I have become friends since I moved to Los Angeles, and she is such a pleasure to be around. She's one of the most fun, uplifting, encouraging people I know, and I'm absolutely sure that you guys will love this episode. If you love magical thinking and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash magical thinking. Patreon helps me get better equipment for the show, as well as enables me to share the podcast with a wider audience. By becoming a patron, you get access to exclusive content like an audiobook that I'm currently doing on the art of the stage, behind-the-scenes content for episodes of the show, style advice, a revamped book club, and more. So again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash magicalthinking. Head over there, check it out. Lots of really cool stuff to find. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Magical Thinking Podcast and Art of Magic. Join our newsletter at artofmagic.com. And if you want to learn magic or become a better magician, check out the Ambassador Program on artofmagic.com. You'll get exclusive access to material that's never been released or is long out of print. And you'll also be able to message our team of experts directly. If you ever need some guidance or inspiration, we'll be there to help. Anyway, get into the episode. Lisa is wonderful. I know you're going to love it. This is a fun, funny episode between two friends. It's great. You're going to enjoy it. And if you have any magic-related questions or comments on the show, let me know what you think by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. This is Lisa De La Vega. Enjoy. I was thinking, you know, I, I need a picture for the website. I was thinking I'd use this one. Oh, yeah. You know what's so funny? When I took that picture, um, Rico's comment on it was like, I went fishing with this here net and all I caught were these boobins. <laughs> That's, that's an old one. I like this one too. Oh yeah, that's like power <laughs> squat. What is that about? Squat that's what MySpace at. is for. That's yeah. that's what I. Is feel. that where you found them all? Oh, yeah, yeah, I still have my MySpace. Yeah, I know. You Google Lisa De La Vega, and it's like the fourth thing down. Because I didn't want to get rid of it. Because I didn't want anyone else to take take it. I was like, I guess I'll just keep it then and never update it. You were worried about somebody taking your MySpace. <laughs> yeah, you never know. That's true. I suppose. This is my first time recording with this equipment, isn't it? Oh my god, let's sing something. What do you want to sing? Do you sing harmony? Oh, you sing well. I heard you the other night. <laughs> you can sing harmony. I anything. don't. Th- I don't think the listeners have have know this about me. They should know. You no, have a, the voice of an angel. Oh yeah, we we were singing Queen. Oh, oh shoot. I had something to tell you about that night, but I don't remember what it was. was it but it had guy? to do with Queen. Uh, no, it wasn't with about that guy. No. Trying to outsing you. It was like, relax, Asian. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. He was yeah, way no, better he than was I was. Good. No. Yeah. He was just emphatic. It's true. That was fun. That was a good night. Yeah, that was super fun. Did you go this week to the castle? Yeah, I went twice. I went oh, Wednesday night. Oh, I saw night your picture and... with Larry. Yeah, we didn't we look so good? We were trying to get going, but I was, were you guys, um, I was like, they're just dressed as people. 
Yeah, I know. Hugh Hefner, right? Well, no, I, just sort guys. of. Just, just like Playboys, you know. Mm. But I, I texted him and I said, "Hey, I'm going to the castle. Do you want to come?" He said yes, and then I told him you have to have a costume, and he said no. Yeah, of course. And I said, well, you have that pimp coat in your closet. Yeah. Have you seen, you've seen this? You told me, I haven't seen it. It's this phenomenal cowhide jacket. Oh, black and white? No, it's it's like a dark brown, like a chocolate brown cowhide. It's amazing. But I got there, and then I found these smoking jackets that he bought at the Museum of Sex. And so I was like, this is what we're going to wear. Yeah. So we got, did, I, I don't know if the, you can see your shoes in the picture, but we got. No, I only saw waist up. We went to Top Man and got these cheap blue sparkly <gasps> slippers. Yes. It was amazing. So good. That was fun. We wanted to go. We were so busy Wednesday with work, so we couldn't make it. I don't even think I'm going to make it before tomorrow. Oh, no. So sad. Danny said he was going to try to go tonight, but then um, <clears throat> he decided to stay home i was like i can't go tonight i have something to do he's like what are you doing like i'm gonna go be on elliot's podcast he's like oh man i want to be on elliot's podcast. i was like he <laughs> asked you he's like tell him when i was leaving he's like tell him i'll do it next week yeah that's like, what he says every week <laughs> <laughs> well that's fun yeah how long are you guys out here we are here until we start filming at the end of november mm-hmm. and then we're gone for two weeks on location then we're back in la for three weeks mm-hmm. to do more prep and then we're gone until March but then he wants to come back and like after we're done filming try to stay out here for like four or six weeks oh nice yeah that's fun and hopefully stay in our you guys have to come over to our Airbnb it's so nice okay it's so <laughs> nice. I almost offered I was like we should we should do it at the Airbnb because it was just fun yeah yeah but we'll have like a dinner thing you guys can come over that'll be fun pajama night oh my god have a sleepover? I really want it. Yeah, we have a spare bedroom. You can totally. Amazing. Oh, we have a California king, so we can literally all fit in the bed. I never see Danny. I hate big beds. <laughs> it's the worst. Every morning, I'm like, I hate this bed. He's like, it's so comfy. I was like, yeah, but I don't ever know if you're in the bed. It's like, hello. <laughs> How are you? I know. That's funny. We text each other in the bed. Oh, that's Where too are much. You? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, we've started. We have? Is this yeah, all on? It's all on. Oh, edit uh, all that out. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's not going to happen. No. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, what... How'd you get into magic? I don't know anything about you, which is really fun. Oh, that's fine. I know nothing. Most people don't. Why I'm is that? enigma. Why? I don't know. I think I lay low a little bit. Why? Not on purpose. I think I've just been... Doing a lot of work where I'm not really in the forefront lately, mm-hmm. which is not so bad. Yeah, no. Yeah, I love it. But how did I get into magic? Well, that's I. Well, Rico is how I got into magic. How <clears throat> how far apart are you? He's currently in Woodland Hills, and <laughs> I'm now in your house in Koreatown. Uh, in, in age, age yes. four years. He's four, four years. years older. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're the two middle. Oh, middle kids. there are other Della Vegas. Others, they have real jobs. You guys are a mystery. We why? Are. So why are the middle children magicians? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Actually, it's because Rico started first. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were little, every summer, our parents would put us in these like college classes of like dance or oh, someone's vacuuming right outside your apartment. Oh my right god. Now. 
I thought this construction was over. Is it? Con- it sounds like someone's vacuuming. It might be. Who knows? It's probably cleaning up a dead OCD. body. I have strange neighbors. <laughs> My building manager is the nosiest person in the entire He's universe. Like, oh, I'm just vacuuming. Nope, I'm listening. Why is yeah. that Asian girl in your apartment? <laughs> she looks at least two years older than you. <laughs> That's not allowed. No. Um, so Rico was four years uh, older. Four years older. And when we were kids, every summer, our mom would put us in these classes. So it was piano, violin, dance, hula. Rico got magic one year. Um, and there was, was a magic eight. class. There was a magic class. Where was this? It, uh, I think it was at Pierce College, like a, just a junior college. Where? In, in Woodland Hills where my family Oh, was. okay. So... Um, he actually hated that class because he was like, would come home and be like, they're not teaching me how to do real magic. I can't shoot lasers out of my fingers. Or, <laughs> so he was kind of bothered that he was realizing that it wasn't It's real. an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't love it, but he learned a ton because we had to take these classes. And then I think he was about 12 years old when the girl that he liked in school asked him for a quarter for the phone and he... Pulled it out of her ear, and she Stellar. fell in love. And he was like, "I'm gonna do magic for the rest of my life." Wow! That's so he a did. Cool he story. got super intense into it. Okay. Um, he started working with our mentor, Lauren Christopher Michaels, who mentored a ton of guys who were in the junior group at the same time as us. Okay. And then when he was in his teens. He was basically, he went to my mom and was like, I need you to start giving me allowance <laughs> because I want to do a stage show and I need an assistant. My mom was like, how about no, and you can just use your little sister. So he went from learning close-up magic to wanting to do stage, stage. stuff. Was yeah, he already it was in... like that David Copperfield era, right? So okay. He wanted to like... He really wanted it stage. all. Stage was so cool back then, so that was like the thing. Did Rico have hair at this point? He did have okay. a full fluffy and was head it, of hair. Was it Copperfieldified? It was like, like a Filipino version of Kid in Play. It was like short on the side <laughs> and real fluffy up top. So, yeah, he had a real gorgeous head of hair. I'll have to show you a picture later. Okay, cool. Um, so that happened, and I was not. You at were all volunteered. Like the person <laughs> that I am today, I was a really scholastic nerdy kid I could quiet, see that. mousy kid but I'm a good kid so I was like all right I guess I'm gonna go to my brother's lessons every week and help him with his stage act so he was putting magic together- is not such a such a rambunctious I, I don't feel that too many uh rough Alto-y. and tumble kids are yeah. getting into <laughs> magic so like you know totally. to be a scholastic young woman be like not- okay magic is not that uh, terrifying. Well, and it was kind of like presented to me. I was only at that time helping stuff. I wasn't being seen. I was doing stuff like behind the scenes to make magic happen. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed it and I was good at it. And um, his mentor, who later became my mentor, mm-hmm. kind of took me aside and was like, hey, you know, I think this is something you can do. Have you ever thought about doing this? And I was like, no, I don't want to be in front of people (laughs) but he really kind of like took me by the hand and he said something that was really that really struck a chord with me he was like you know there's not that many girls or women who do this and I think you can be good at this and I think you can really 
make a statement as a woman in magic. Mm -hmm. So that really resonated with me. So I started working with him and I put together a little act um, to audition with at the junior program. <laughs> and I auditioned. Yeah. And they let me in the group, and I was the only girl in the group until I was. Wasn't it notoriously difficult to become a junior member? Back, yeah, back you know, in the, the day? year we we um, auditioned for Rico. I think there was only it was something crazy. You'll have to ask Rico. I think it was like twenty five or twenty six kids who auditioned for stage, and only Rico got in. Rico and I in our act. So it was pretty hard, and I think there was even more than that for close-up and only one kid got in for close-up so like it was really hard back then to get in um but we were so lucky because the kids in that era of the group were so amazing and all our close friends that we've you know still have from that era of our life are, are actually still professional magicians so mm -hmm. that's pretty pretty awesome i think yeah that we all kind of stuck with it and really were passionate and we loved collaborating and creating magic and being kids. It was a magical thing to be a kid at the Magic Castle. Yeah. It was so fun. It was so fun. That's really cool. Yeah. You mentioned, I'm, I'm reading the new Eugene Berger book. Um, you can read. Surprisingly. <laughs> uh, yes, it is one of my several, I'm impressed, one of my several skills. Wow. <laughs> uh, I don't more, advertise more it too day. much. Um, but... In it, he's in, in one of his essays, he talks about what it... Actually, it may be Larry Haas in his one of his essays in the book um, about what a teacher is. And it, he says something, and I'm going to butcher it. It's not going to be quite as eloquent. But he says that a teacher is someone who sees you for what you are and sees what you can be and then encourages you to be that thing. Yeah. Which is really cool. And it sounds like that's something that sort of... Lauren gave us infinite knowledge but i think the thing that i loved the most about how he taught us to create magic and see magic was that nothing was ever impossible mm -hmm. so he would say things like what do you what do you want to do and i would say like well i'd like to do this trick but i don't know how it would work and he would say no no we don't think about that yet just if you could do anything, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Because we'll figure out a way to do it. And what it was makes... the stuff that you wanted to do? Well, just, wow. Back then, that's so hard to think about. Well, because I would imagine back then you weren't, at least in my experience, I'm hindered by my knowledge of method. And so yeah. like as a, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah. And then I would try and figure out a way to do it. And usually fail. So I just am curious about what the... Gosh, I don't know. I'd have to think about what the kind of stuff was. I should have brought my little, I still have my little sketchbook from back then that has, sometimes I'll look back and I'm like, oh man, those are really good ideas. Um, I don't know. Just, I really like visual magic. And um, I think it just was, a, for me, it's always been about creating pictures on stage. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you want to make a moment. Yeah, a lot of moments that make one big moment. Okay. So sometimes when I think about what I want to do for myself, I'll just have like imagery of what I want it to look like, not really know where it's going to go. Yeah. But just like a snapshot of each moment. Like what would, if I stopped at this exact moment, what would the postcard 
of that moment look like? Mm-hmm. And then you build all the stuff around it. I still think that's how I kind of create. That's interesting. What are those moments? What do those pictures communicate? What do you want your audience to feel? Um, well, I think the most important thing is that I really just want my audience to feel. Because I distinctly remember seeing certain things for the first time. Like the first time I saw Copperfield live on stage. Just the intense amount of emotion mm-hmm. from seeing him fly or it's snow. I just remember the feelings or when I see like a musical or a play or a movie, that emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a strong connection. So I don't ever think about effects. I think about how can I get people to emote? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's what makes a lasting impression. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you saw Rico's talk when he spoke at, um, Magicon. Which one? Uh, I guess that would have been 2012. Was that the panel discussion? Or no, was it was his, his own. I haven't seen it. Or I was there, but I don't remember you it. You didn't go? I have it on Rico, my hard drive in my room go. there. <laughs> so I can watch it before this airs. Uh, yeah. Not that it matters. It's, we could pause really and watch it right talk. now. It's, we can watch it while we're talking. <laughs> we can just We'll just commentary. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater. Um, but his whole thing is about how to create magic that touches people, moves people, and inspires people. And mm-hmm. I think that's just how we've always created. And I think Lauren really instilled that in us. Mm-hmm. But we really feel that way because I think a lot of times magicians spend so much time working on technique. You know, it's you spend so much time to make something happen that you want to be recognized for that time. Yeah. But I really think it should be about how you and we're not shouldn't be performing magic for ourselves we should be performing magic to give somebody a gift right Mm -hmm. whatever that gift may be Mm -hmm. so i think it's more important to make magic where you think about what is the end what are they leaving with how are they feeling yeah what kind of emotions are you bringing to them i think that's way more powerful mostly because that's how i experience magic when I see stuff that I really think is magical, I always connect it to an emotion that I am feeling at that time. And I love to see magic that makes me feel like that. Makes me feel like a kid or makes me feel giddy or really surprised or really happy. It's, that's the stuff you remember, I mm-hmm. think. That's the most important stuff, at least to me. Other <laughs> magicians probably feel differently. <laughs> but that's probably because I can't do cardistry or any crazy mood. <laughs> I probably would feel differently if I was more of a highly technical magician. Yeah. But maybe not. I'm a very emotional person, so. I found that for myself, because I consider myself to be a reasonable technician, um, I have found that it took a long time to learn how to do slides well. And then at the point at which I was like, okay, I'm really good at doing this stuff. Then I stopped enjoying yeah just doing the moves and then i started getting really into what is the emotional impact i can have on an audience what is the fucking point right (laughs) because sometimes like the whole the thing that makes it difficult is our job is to make everything look like it's easy we're not supposed to show them the technique right yeah it's supposed to be real magic but it's a struggle because you work so hard. So you're like, oh, I just want a little bit of acknowledgement. I want people to know that I spent eight months practicing this move. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not about that. So you have to kind of release that into you have to let your ego go a little exactly, bit. Exactly, it's the ego, yeah. And I think that's a hard thing for a lot of magicians to do. You know, it is. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I think when I tell magicians that, it takes a while for that to click, or they don't want it to click. Yeah. They're like, but but look at my past. <laughs> look at my past. What a funny line. Look at my past. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, I, I'm doing my best in the capacity that I have to help people think about the intention of their performance. Yeah. I was just at... Um, Tom Frank hosts a, a cup and ball jam session. Oh, I saw every that year. that happened. It's epic. How it's twelve many hours, hours of just cups and balls? Hours just of every cups move and balls. that's ever been made. It's every like type of cup, every type of ball. All the cups, all the balls. That's so interesting. That's where was that? This was it was up in um, Chatsworth. Crazy. But it was Home awesome. Of the cups and balls. Yeah. And porn. And and so much <laughs> dirty, disgusting porn. Um Hello. <laughs> a puppy just walked in. I'm just petting a puppy. That's not weird, guys. I swear. Um, <laughs> but but uh, the uh, the cups and balls thing was it was super fun. And it's it's not just going over moves and slides and stuff. Yeah. It's it's also about you know you can get up and perform your routine that you've either created or worked on, and you can get feedback and right. all this stuff. Oh, that's cool. And as I was sitting there watching the performances all the feedback that was coming back was you flashed here or yeah. this is a funny line or mm -hmm. the, here's you know here's a different move slow down on your timing and i was like okay all of this is good but why are we doing this trick yeah. and so at the end of it i i got up and i asked tom if i could ask the group a question i was like hey i, I have a couple questions the first is why do we do this trick right Everyone was like, "What? What? What?" Yeah, we have to have an answer for and that. I, and I and and I was like, "Because we bought these chop cups." I, I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Don't get me wrong. I love this trick. I bust with it. I've lived with this effect. I have the Gary Animal cups and the Gazo pouch. Like I fucking spent money and yeah, time on this fanny thing. Pack. Yeah, I fanny packed so hard. Yeah, that thing's kind of awesome. It's super awesome, and I made like a fair amount of money doing that on the street, and I attribute that to. You know, the people that came before me. But when I got up and I asked, why do we do this trick? The answer was because it contains every effect in magic. And I was like, okay. But what? So? <laughs> <laughs> what does that matter? I was like, but why do we right. do it? And I said, I bust with this. And when I think about why I did it on the street, the answer for me is because it is, it can be educational. This is, you know, allegedly the oldest trick in magic. Right. This is a way for me to give a little bit of a magic history lesson right. during a very surprising and fun and outrageous trick. I think that's good motivation to do this. But if we're not, if, if the presentation isn't, this is the oldest trick in magic, what is the, what present is the presentation? Yeah. And I didn't get an answer. Yeah. And I don't sure have an no answer. no one really thought about it before. I don't know. And it was just a question that popped in my mind as I was watching all of yeah. these cups and balls performances over and over yeah. again. Um, so I, so that's kind of where I am right now. Is just thinking about the 
the motivation why. for something. Yeah. Why do I do it? What's the what's the goal in the moment? And also, what's the overarching? How is this communicating something about me or something about the audience? Right. That's deep. <sighs> more magicians should think like that. I, that's what this is for. Yeah. That's why you're here. I'm gonna solve. I'm gonna solve all the problems together. We're, we're doing gonna it. do this. High five. Boom. We high fived you guys. That was such an awkward high five. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I have to do the opposite hand. I so the first time I had that done to me, we hand so hug? yeah the hand hug. Who hand hugged you? My was it warranted. Was it, it was my senior gifted English teacher hand hugged me and I was just doing a high five and she hand like bad me. touch bad touch and I was like oh, oh. I was like I started melting and I was like I don't know what's happening and it was uh it was real weird now she's in prison well now I just do it to everybody yeah now she's in prison <laughs> she was indicted she murdered eight families <laughs> it all started with the hand hug wow I'm sure, I, I'm sure I wasn't the it's first. the gateway high five. And I won't be the last. <laughs> first thing, you're hand-hugging people. Yeah. Next thing, you're wearing their skin as a dress. Yeah. Exactly. It puts the lotion in the basket. That it puts the quickly. lotion in the basket. <laughs> well, you do that me. way too good. I You've seen that movie. So good. <laughs> I taught that movie in a film class once. I oh, love really? that film. Yeah. That's We're talking dark. about the Silence of the Lambs. If That's you guys dark, don't know, guys. don't don't watch that. It's you great. Won't. I might murder you, not you, oh. the listeners. I might murder each of the like, listeners. I was like, oh, exciting! I didn't know that's how all these podcasts end. I'm putting this out into the world, and I just no. admitted to. That's in the ether. Is that a first degree offense? If I, it's you premeditated. Said it. It's premeditated now. You should have maybe not mentioned it. Well, don't good, say any names. Good then thing. You're really gonna be in trouble. <laughs> good thing I have the final edit. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be a beep. beep. Just four minutes of uh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you ever get into move monkey stuff? Move monkeys. I think because yeah. I was, was always a stage kid. Yeah. Not that I don't love it. I think I just have an affinity for stage and illusions. I think that was just like my wheelhouse. Yeah. Is what I love. Yeah. Not that I wouldn't try. Yeah. I'm not the best. That's probably also because I'm not the best at it. Yeah. But that's not to say I couldn't learn. Sure. Are you going to teach me some moves? I have a whole website dedicated to doing that. Amazing. So. Do I, is there a login <laughs> I need? or? Yes. You need to create. I have to pay? No. What? It's free? There's, You're just giving out knowledge free for stuff. free? Yeah. There's free stuff. Starting tonight. You should. I'm going to do it. I'll be at the next Cardistry Cron. You should. You should go. Like, look at my Charlie pass. That's all I've heard. <laughs> it's you been would, 16 months. <laughs> that's, you know, people would see you and they would go, wow, you're an old person because they're all 12 years old. And they'd be like, that's <laughs> oh, amazing. No, they, we, they probably do think I'm an old person. Yeah. No offense. I don't think you're old. <sighs> that's, I got to go. Yeah, it's been fun. This is this was nice. We're done now. Okay. <laughs> Man, this is um, not how you should treat your guests. As a side note, moving forward, this is how I treat all my guests. Don't call them old, especially the women. That's what I say about everybody. You're only the second woman I've had on the podcast. Who was the first? Marcy Hume. She made the Magician's awesome. Life and the Impossible. That's awesome. I feel so special. You should. Because you are special. Thank you. But not because of the podcast. You're special because you're Thank awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and I like hanging out with you. Uh, why? 
is it weird? Can we talk about women and magic and your experiences? Is that, uh, do you not we, want to talk about that? We can. I don't know what I will say. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. I just, I always, like, we didn't talk about it with Marcy. I did, we didn't talk about it. Um, but I've talked about it with men on the podcast and that feels weird. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... It's like, you know, it's like two white guys talking about race. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm speaking from a huge uh, platform of privilege. And so, if you're comfortable with it, yeah. what has been your experience as an attractive woman in a boys club? Um, I have to be honest. I haven't ever had... Mm, I'm trying to think in my experiences. I really haven't had any bad experiences but I think that has a lot to do with my mentor being very well respected in the community and then Mm -hmm. having Rico work so closely with me Mm -hmm. and people really respecting Rico I think I grew up in the community as everybody's little sister Mm -hmm. so I think more often than not people were very protective of me so I didn't I don't really have any negative experiences with men Mm -hmm. Um, luckily, I know that's not the case for every woman in magic, but I think I, you know, because of Rico, having my relationship with Rico, I think people have been very respectful. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm with Daniel, I think that's just even more amplified. So, yeah. and also I think that I'm just generally a pretty happy-go-lucky, nice person. So I think people are quite good about not being creeper. Okay. <laughs> At least now. Hopefully that won't change in the future. I listeners, also kind of listeners, listen. clear of like drama. Yes. Okay, cool. So Me too. I think that is helpful because yeah. I already kind of try to steer clear of any troublesome people yeah. or situations. I try to at least. I think that's just good advice for being a human. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's so much. I just, <clears throat> I'm now a member of the Magic Castle. And I've been a member for a few months now, and I just recently joined the Facebook group because oh, I was invited. I'm not on there. And is it scary? The time that I have spent on it, which is about four minutes, was just purely negative bullshit. Yeah, and I, I try like, to oh, avoid God, that. I'm not it's interested kind of in this. Sad that that is so prevalent in our community, isn't it? Yeah, there's so few of us that it shouldn't be that way. We should like try to elevate one another yeah that goes along with the ego thing i think it's also weird too to me that there's not much of not that there's not much there isn't much of a hierarchy in magic and so it's weird to me that people who know a few tricks and do stock lines and you know flash only 30% 30% of the time are considered magicians yeah. and they're on more or less an equal playing field yeah. with yeah. really great magicians. Yeah. Uh, that's discomforting to me. Yeah. I also think we're kind of in this weird time in our society where all these shows exist on television that are like competition shows mm-hmm. that push this idea that everyone at home is an expert and yeah. they get to choose and they get to say what is what is art and what is real magic and mm-hmm. so I think it brought this strange comfort level to people who are not who really shouldn't be putting in their two cents. Yeah. You know, it kinda gives them like free range yeah. to be opinionated. 
So that's also hard to deal with as a magician and a performer. Yeah. I, there's not... I, there are so few... If magic is an art, then there are fine artists. And there are so few of them. Yeah. And so as a whole community, there's not many people that we can look to as beacons of excellence. Yeah. Even people from decades prior who are excellent magicians in their own right, I do not consider them artists as far as the current zeitgeist of art is concerned right. in modern yeah. Western culture. Mm. So there's there's very little that we can look at within magic to go, okay, here's kind of, here's the path. Yeah. You know, we're, hopefully, we're figuring it out. Yeah. The younger generation. Uh, and, yeah. But it's hard. But the current generation has to help lead yeah. the younger generation. And I think that's also important too, which also kind of goes into the whole ego thing. It's mm -hmm. like, I think you have to think about when you create stuff, not just how you affect your audience, but what are you leaving for the magicians who are going to follow? Yes. Like, what are you putting out? What are you trying to say? What kind of leader or example are you trying to be? And I think a lot of magicians don't think about that either, but we need it. And I think that is also like a direct relation to women in magic. And anytime anyone talks to me, talks to me about ma women in magic, you know, I feel like sometimes I'll see female performers who have so much amazing potential, mm -hmm. but are being led in really weird directions, like not being, my magic teacher was, there was, I was limitless with my magic teacher. There was no limits to yeah. what I could do, but I don't see that other magicians are telling that to the young women in magic. It's like, oh, you should do this, and you should do this. But then I'm like, why are you stopping yourself at, why is the bar there? The yeah. bar should be higher. So I think as more women are getting into it, I think that will change. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a good future for women in magic. Yeah. I think we just need to be, I think the women have to support each other. Mm. You know, It's such a male-dominated field, so of course you're gonna go to the men in the field and ask for advice. But sometimes I think the advice is really limited, and I don't know what the reason is for that. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I know that there's a prominent magician that spends time at the castle, and Ooh. my girlfriend mentioned Vernon. My girlfriend's a layperson, and she mentioned Vernon, and the magician got up and walked away no. just because she knew who That's this person hilarious. was. What is that? Are they I don't know. I it's it, it might be threatened. There's this old school boys club mentality yeah, that there really you know, is. That still exists very much. Women belong in the kitchen, yeah, or pumping out babies. It's gross. It's just like or come in on, the kitchen pumping out babies. Yeah, yeah. That's not where you want to pump out a baby. It's not sterile. I don't. Yeah, I'm not that. into home births. No, especially not in the kitchen. Yeah, but just generally that freaks yeah. me. out. I know somebody that wants to do that. I don't. I. I With you. No, not. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I could be there. I know where they are. I know when the due date is. I could be there if I wanted to be. But no. I feel like you'd be a good doula. I feel like I would. If I could, I would wet nurse, but. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be whiskey coming out of your tits. 
Oh my god, that'd be the best. I can't wait What's to be. Nickname? I can't wait to be like the weird magic uncle that just is like always <laughs> sipping from a flask and smoking cigars you behind get to the be house. Be that with Dave's baby, Dave and Coley. Do I get to be that with Dave and Coley's yeah. baby? I get to be that with my uh, my friend Jeremy Griffith yeah. and his wife. They're they're due almost at the same time Dave and Coley are. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to be a bad influence. Yeah, somebody has to be. Yeah, but, but it's a also bad, good be influence. yeah, but also like a great like influence. the cool uncle. Yeah, so good. Um, I, got off track. I yeah, I keep getting us off track. <laughs> I take responsibility. It's because I that. said whiskey tits. Oh yeah, it is whiskey. <laughs> that was what it was. So, um, I do no, that but sometimes. it was it was the the weird direction that women get in magic, and I've asked mm. I've asked uh, different magicians who happen to be women that I've known what what the deal is like what is it that they're experiencing and i've gotten different responses some of it is just blatant sexism some of it is yeah. over encouragement you know oh wow you're yeah you're into this Challenge that's me. great yeah. and you know it's like yeah that's that's a great that's great color change you're doing or that's you know wow your 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 thing's right. really great mm-hmm. and it's not right by anyone's standards yeah but because this is a unicorn, essentially, mm-hmm. we have to treat it very carefully. And, yeah. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to... I don't know <laughs> what the fuck I'm doing. Because I, I want to be right yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I don't know how to be right in that situation. I mean, I think you just want to... I think really the how everyone should be is you really look at each other with like... We really should try to always elevate one another to greatness. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate when there's animosity and all magic, all that magic beef. It's so silly, because at the end of the day, we're just magic nerds. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're just nerds. We're all in the same group, and it should just we should be elevating each other. And, um, you know, hopefully, I'm doing that for some women now, hopefully. I think I try you're to. a wonderful role model. I try to be, because the bar should be set so fucking high yeah it would be super easy for i mean since i started i always was like it would be so easy for me to work all the time and i can do a real super standard act Mm -hmm. and know i would work all the time easily yeah but it wouldn't be like soul fulfilling yeah and it wouldn't be the kind of magic i want to put out there so it's hard for me to create magic because i think the bar is set high for me because of the magicians i work with and I want to be you know I want to put stuff out that I'm like yes yeah you know that I'm proud of and that will make a difference yeah your intention is pure you want to leave yeah. your passion better than you found it yeah and I want my audience to feel something yeah I want to give a gift every time I think that should be the goal I mean it doesn't have to be for everybody everybody has their own intention so whatever I say is just my own two cents for myself mm-hmm. but that's for me, how I can go to sleep at night, you know? Yeah. You know, you only get one life to live. You got to do it. Maximum. Full unicorn. <laughs> Sparkles. <laughs> That's fun. I agree. I'm, I'm... I feel weird. Because I, like, Is I had... the whiskey? Is no, it I it's not the whiskey. It's whiskey tits made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Lisa, you should treat your host better than this. <laughs> uh, um, now I feel weird. I had like a an existential crisis in college, and now I'm in Los Angeles. I'm young. I'm a young person 
who has been very fortunate. You're old to cardistry kids, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, I know. And they have far surpassed. I'm not even, I don't consider myself part of that. Um, but I'm a young person, and I feel conflicted about being so preachy. Do you feel like you're preachy? Uh, listeners, email me. <laughs> Do you feel like I'm preachy? Um, I, I feel like I can email real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like I'm not, I don't know. Yes. I feel like I'm preaching. But do you think you're preachy because you want, because, because you want to elevate magic or do you think you're preachy because you, you think you're right? I feel like I'm preachy because neither of those things. I feel like I'm preachy because I'm young and I have a strong opinion. And so people go, oh, he's preachy. Mm -hmm. It's that kind of derogatory dismissiveness. Right. Uh, but I am very strongly opinioned and I'm very vocal about my opinion because I want to elevate magic. Right. I don't think there's And I also happen that. to feel that I'm right. Oh, you're one of those guys. But, <laughs> but... I am. Do you admit when you're wrong? Oh, a hundred percent. So well, fast. Okay. So fast. Uh, but I, I'm convicted, is what right. I would say. I have conviction, but I'm open-minded. Um, I just know that what moves me most in art is not well reflected in magic, and there are a couple people that are doing. Yeah, but does that, that matter? Yes, it does. I think so. Getting aggressive. <laughs> Fight me, I Lisa. More, I need more whiskey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it does. Because the things that move me in art are generally widespread in other art forms. And it's okay, not, I feel like magic is playing catch up. Yeah, I think we'll always be kind of playing catch up, right? Because it's con constant evolution. But magic magicians used to be at the forefront of things. Yeah. And now we're like, everyone's like, oh, do you do birthday parties when you say you're a magician? Do you get yeah. that all the time? Oh, you do magic? Do you, can you do my son's three-year-old three birthday party? Like, no, I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can. I'm a serious, for a nominal fee. <laughs> I'm a serious artist. That's another thing is I hate when people are like, yeah, I've been doing magic for two years. Here's my business card. I charge 600 an hour. I'm like, oh, get fucked, dude. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. But they gotta start somewhere. Yeah, but not for six hundred an hour after two years. I mean, if someone pays them, that's not that's true. their fault. I again, okay, I agree. Right? I agree. They're I taking advantage. I mean, that's advantage. the hustle, right? If it that totally guy can is. hustle, then you can't be mad. If you should be out there hustling. I feel a responsibility to not encourage that behavior because. That reflects poorly on magic and magicians. What if it's someone that's been doing magic for two years but is amazing? Okay. Like, unnaturally amazing. Okay. Then is it like... There oh, are exceptions to the prove rule. the rule. Yeah. But generally, who's How good after two years? 550? <laughs> I'll do it for four. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... I don't... This is where I feel preachy, is because I'm like, you know, just do do what's right <laughs> for this thing that you're passionate about. It's like step outside of yourself, have self-awareness, and go, should I take this gig? It's part of journey, right? I think it is. We all have to make mistakes. Everyone has their own yeah. journey. What if that guy's like, mm, maybe people charge 1200 and I'm just going to ask for a mere six. Yeah. Maybe they don't know. This yeah. is part of, like, 
the learning curve. This is part of us helping each other. Yeah. So I think it's okay to be opinionated. And, you know, I think it's just as long as you're clear on saying, like, this is just my own personal opinion. This mm-hmm. is not gospel. Yeah. Then I think it's okay to be opinionated. Mm-hmm. If I'm you're the Messiah, liking though. A, oh, <laughs> so, I gotta back. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, more whiskey, please. Again, one um, more time. More. Yeah. No, no I agree. Seriously. Totally. Can I have yeah, of course. <laughs> please, help yourself. Um, but, yeah, I... Um, I can I understand your conundrum. Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to do what they're going to do. Right. But hey man, you just got to lead with love. That's all you can oh, totally. do. Yes. Preach. You can give your opinion. And if it's coming from a good place, people are going to take it however they want to take it. And there's nothing you can do about that. And you hope that everyone wants to better themselves for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of have to release it into the world. Yeah. All you can do. It's like having a baby. You're like, okay, you're 18, go. <laughs> I've done what I, I can. You. <laughs> you're on your own. Live your life. Make smart choices. <laughs> Don't do anything I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I mean, that's a hard thing. Yeah. I've, and I and I I only ever speak from my own personal experience too, because I took gigs that I shouldn't have taken for much more money yeah. than I should have taken them, and because I was. Like, yeah, I worked they, really hard to do this they thing. they paid you, right? They agreed to they, pay you. Yes, they what did. What can you do? That's part of the hustle, right? So That's true. You can't fault yourself for that. No. One time I did a gig when I was probably like 19 years old mm-hmm. at, a, at a convention. It was a helicopter convention. And like, what? It was weird. <laughs> it was like, like an airplane and helicopter convention in Pasadena. But they hired me. To do walk around, which is weird because I don't really do close up, um, but it was really interesting. It was I worked for McDonald Douglas, and I realized quickly that no one was there to watch me do magic. Yeah. They like were there for the convention they paid for, so I literally did B wave for like nine hours. Yeah, because that's all the attention span they had, and I made so much money that I felt guilty about it. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, why do I feel guilty? This is the gig. And I figured it out. Yeah. And I'm like, so that's what it was. Yeah. That was a great gig. That was fun. <laughs> so fun. Conventions seem fun. Walk around at a convention. How many? It's like, you know, hundreds. It was such a weird idea to do that, to yeah. have me do that. Were you the only magician working? Yeah. Strange. It was Very awesome. strange. They were like, we're going to have a magician. We'll get a girl. We'll put her in an evening gown. And then but I was like, no one wants to talk to me, guys. <laughs> No one they want to go learn about new helicopters. <laughs> and I wasn't going to stop them. I was like, all right, there you go. Queen of diamonds. <laughs> Ta-da! That's funny. Then you just pull away a, a curtain and there's a new... Yeah, costume change. And then there's a new <laughs> helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been awesome. Next time. Next time, I guess. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, yes, we, we have to do these things. I guess... In, in say curve. yeah, in saying these are the things that I did that I regret, and if I could go back, I wouldn't do them. I would do cheaper. I would do gigs cheaper, and I would more do often. a lot more stuff for free, much more yeah. often to get fly time and understand Hell what a yeah. gig is. I always tell magicians that, and then charge buku money. Take all the gigs when you're starting out, all yeah. of them, the shittiest gigs. Yeah, I did that all the time. One time I did illusions in someone's uh. 
living room for a bar mitzvah. That's, That's not amazing. weird. Pushing in a cube, Zach, in front of the fireplace. That's but awesome. it was a gig. Yeah. It was fun. And that's, that's, I guess, I guess maybe I wasn't clear. I was doing those beginning shitty gigs for way more money than I should have. Cause I was like, I practiced my well, second why? deal for 12 why do you hours think that? because I wasn't worth that money. I know that I wasn't worth that money do you and think they, they paid me, they though? paid me because they are ignorant of what a good magician costs. But do you think that they thought they didn't get their money's worth? No, that is irrelevant to me. What? I don't care what they thought about their money's worth. And you got to get out of your own head. I know. You need some therapy. Should we talk about it? Let's talk about Let's it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> this is the podcast. Was is. this it's because of the therapy. awkward hand hug with your teacher? This inappropriate was, touching. This was this- around the same time. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't put the two together, but, you know, you might be onto something. Just saying. There's yeah. a clear connection. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. Let's find this woman. Is she on Facebook? We should. She'd be like, this is what you did to me. Look at, look at what you've done. You made me make a lot of money when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I, yeah. I don't know. I think that's hard to say. I think you can't fault someone for getting a gig, charging some, and if someone's willing to pay it. Yeah. You don't want to underprice yourself either. You're still learning when you're young. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah. And when you're young, you have no money. So you're like, of course I'm going to take 600 bucks an hour if they're going to pay it. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh shit, they agreed to this. Yeah. Now what do I do? Be away for nine hours. Yeah, be away for (laughs) nine hours. Make all the money. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm I'm of the mindset now, uh, which I was just listening to a podcast with Mark Duplass, and he has this thing where he says he under forecasts and over delivers. I've always heard undersell and over deliver, but it's the same idea, which is like promise what you know you can accomplish and then go above and beyond. And that was not what I was doing. So I feel guilty about it. Sometimes I promise what I don't know I can accomplish and then you scramble to figure it out. Yeah. That's okay too. That's great. You learn a lot. Yes, totally. And it's also fun when somebody challenges you to do something that is above what you think you can accomplish and you do it because you are now driven by this challenge. Um, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Eh, it's all part of your own journey. Yeah. You wouldn't be you if you didn't do those gigs. That's true. So you can't regret that. You can't regret anything. Yeah. Because now you're exactly at the place you're supposed to be in this exact moment. Yes. So you shouldn't ever want to change any of that. I agree with you. And I, I think you're absolutely right. And that's how I feel, too. Yeah. Um... I don't, I wouldn't, if I had to go back again, I would do them differently and I would be a different person here and we might not be sitting together. Right. If I had, if, when I went back, I had all the knowledge and experience I have now, you know, we're setting up this ridiculous uh, hypothetical situation, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I wouldn't change anything in my, anything. I wouldn't change anything about what I've done so far. Yeah. There's no sense. It's a distraction to think about the past. Absolutely. or, Or to worry about the future. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's what good magic does. It makes you present and feel feelings right yeah. now and, and hopefully, experiences. Hopefully that's what you're giving. Not just your audience. Hopefully you feel that too. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy kind of to get caught up in like the gig and not really forget the gratitude you should be having for that moment. Yeah. You know, it's easy, especially if you're doing shows over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You can't forget 
how lucky we are that we get to make people happy. Yeah. Like it's the best job in the world because it's not a job. We get to create impossible moments and we get to bring joy into people's lives. Mm -hmm. We're like Willy Wonka giving, opening the chocolate room. (laughs) It's the coolest thing. And I think sometimes people get so caught up in other muck that they forget Mm -hmm. that and forget how fun it is and how fun it could be. Mm -hmm. It still should be fun for yourself as well. And I think sometimes magicians get into that headspace of like getting so involved that they forget that that's the most important part is mm-hmm. we're getting paid to play on this yeah. amazing playground. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. I pinch myself all the time. It's like on a daily basis. I'm like, what the heck? This is the craziest gig ever. <laughs> I walk around, she can attest to this. I walk around the house going, I have a weird life. Because, <laughs> like, I, you know, I do crazy, so outrageous, weird. fun stuff. But the best, weirdest. Yes. Weirdest. Yeah. It's like my favorite comedian for, added me on Facebook the other day. I was like, I have a weird life. Yeah. You so know? awesome. It's like I hang out with you guys. I'm Hashtag like, well, this list. is crazy. Yeah, exactly. So fun. You know? it's, it's awesome. I feel like I frequently have these moments of clarity where I'm like, wow, so crazy. Why are we here? Not in this room doing this podcast, but I mean, what is it that we did? What is it that you did that got you to the place where you're like you're killing it and you're awesome and amazing to be around and just this bubbly beautiful light oh you're so sweet what is it i mean what what are the conscious decisions that you made throughout your life and your career to drive you in this direction oh man i don't know if i can attribute it to any i don't think i could pinpoint and say like i went down this path and this path i think it's just honestly and it's going to sound preachy in a different kind of way is just i think uh I just am very adamant about having gratitude, mm-hmm. not just for magic, just in my life on a daily basis, because mm-hmm. anything can change at any moment. And we do have the best, craziest job ever. And I don't ever take that for granted, ever, 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 because I could be, I mean, you encounter so many people in your day-to-day life when you're just like, oh my God, you're so miserable. But you don't have to be miserable. I think people just get complacent and they don't know that they can really, I think it's scary. We live in a society where people are not, we're not told when we're we're growing up that you should do something that makes you happy. Like you should do something so you can make this much money and then get married and then buy a house and then have this kind of a car and this kind of a neighborhood. And these kind of children. And I think that's, a whole load of shit yeah i think it's about being grateful for everything you have in every moment of your life and that just keeps bringing more greatness Mm -hmm. i really really believe that that's like a hardcore mantra of mine um my mom totally instilled that in me and my brother and we try to live that on Mm -hmm. a daily basis Uh, i did a side story i did a I do a lot of charity work, and um, I did an Ironman triathlon in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, my first one ever. Didn't even really know how to ride a bike or swim. That's crazy. <laughs> but uh, I had a coach who told me the day before I went to do my race, he said, you know, have everyone that's meaningful in your life write a note to you and then hide it in different places, like on your bike or in your bag before you go run or, you know, your pocket. So every time you hit a wall or a hard moment, 
take a note out, read it, and then that will motivate you. So everybody wrote me notes, and my mom's note. Oh my god, this is beautiful. I'm like, <laughs> my, I'm getting glassy eyed. This is, was like one of the most important moments in my life. My mom actually gave me her note before I got in the, the water for my swim, and she's like, I have your note. I said, okay. She's like, you have to read it before you get in the water. My note is for before you go in the water. I was like, okay. So it said a lot of amazing stuff, but the thing that stood out the most to me is the line she wrote, if you have an attitude of gratitude, you cannot fail, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. So it was basically like just saying, be grateful that you're healthy enough to be here. Be grateful that you had the finances to train for this. Be grateful that you have legs to run on and arms to swim with. And that really resonated mm -hmm. with me. And so the whole race, <laughs> 16 hours of this race, I was on this super weird high because it really, like, going through the water, I was like, what am I, there's, like, all these world-class athletes, and I'm just, like, doo-doo-doo, swimming through the water. So I'd be like, thanks, arms, like, for pedaling me through the water. <laughs> Literally on my bike, I'd be riding. I'm like, thank you, trees, for being so beautiful. Thank you, legs, for powering me up this hill. But it, I was so high from it because yeah. it just was gave me this, like, real presence and uh -huh. what I was doing in that time in my life, in that moment, especially for my charity. And it was awesome because it affected other people that I encountered on the course. And it was just like this gift that kept on giving. I literally have no memory of having any down moments on that race. Wow. Because I just remember feeling so happy and grateful that I could be there. And I would talk to people and get their stories and hugged every volunteer that gave me water or Gatorade. I was just so happy. I was happy that I was able to raise all, all this money for my charity. And it was just like the coolest moment. But that really carried on to the rest of my life, like just it like amplified, you know? So I think that's really what it's, whenever you're having like a shit day and everybody has shit days and shit moments, you just have to take a moment and be like, but is it really shit? Because I'm still here. Yeah. I still have a roof over the, over my head. I still have amazing friends and amazing family. And then all of a sudden, the world turns around. And that's like, so, that's magic. That's yeah. so powerful. Yeah, yeah. And even if you have nothing, there's still something to be grateful for. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. So I think that is what pushed me in my career. I'm so grateful that I started magic with my brother. And that I get to work with my brother all the time. He's my best friend. We're so close. It's the best thing to know that I have my big brother with me all the time. I'm so lucky. It's the coolest thing. We're so close. And I love it. And I love that I get to work with my boyfriend, who's an amazing magician. And like we work well together. And we live in this crazy world where we get to create fantastical things. And I get to meet all these great magicians like you. Oh. <laughs> oh no! And I get to meet Amanda. It's just like mm. this, like it's just like these beautiful rays of light that keep expanding and expanding and expanding, and it's like your gratitude bucket is fucking overflowing. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing ever. I love it. I love my life. I'm so blessed. It's the best thing. Yeah. So I think that is what kind of was. I think I just keep getting more and more work, and it's because I think of how 
I have interactions with people. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to treat everybody with love because you get it back tenfold. It's the easiest formula that people overlook every day. But if you just keep putting it out, that's all that will come back. So it's, I don't know, that's so hippy-dippy, isn't it? I sound like such a weirdo, probably. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're absolutely... Like, Who the hell is this chick? You're absolutely resonating with me, though, because it is a... Yeah, I mean, your perception creates your reality. Absolutely. And the way that you interact with the world... Yeah. Makes a difference to everyone that comes in contact totally. with you. Totally. And, and you if have, it can be positive, then... And every person you encounter, I think you have an effect on. And I think you have to really think about that. Because you want to be the person that affects someone in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I have a story I like to tell people. One time I was in Whole Foods. <laughs> and... Because <laughs> I am oddly happy all the time. But um, I was in Whole Foods once and there was a lady who was like giving out samples of chocolate. And I was like, hmm, who doesn't love free chocolate? So I go and I like put my hand in the little dark chocolate basket and I put it in my mouth and this lady like ripped me a new one. She was like, um, you don't just put your hand in the chocolate. I have to put the chocolate in my hand and then give it to you because it's not sanitary. She just went off of me. She's like going off. And I was like, a bad day (laughs) she's like excuse me I was like I'm just sensing maybe you're having a bad day and she's like why would you say that and I was like well you're basically standing here and you're giving out tiny pieces of happiness to people all these people who probably had shitty days at their regular jobs and you get to give them little tiny pieces of happiness like that's awesome and she it was like, whatever, blew it off. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, I put my hand in the chocolate. I won't ever do it again. So whatever, I left and got in line. So and then you she... just spit in the chocolate, right? <laughs> so I knocked the whole table over. Flipped her Fuck off and chocolate. then walked out of there. <laughs> but she actually chased me down in the line. Yeah. And handed me three bars for free. And she's like, I really thought about what you said. And I was having a bad day. And I am giving out happiness. And I'm thankful that you told that to me. And I was like, oh, sunshine, bing. <laughs> so, but that, that was kind of fun because it was like, okay, well, like, let's reality check, guys. It's, it's, we're not curing cancer here. Like, yeah. let's just be happy. Why would you not want to be happy every yeah. day or make people happy? It's so easy to make people happy. And that makes me so happy. I love making people happy. That's like my crack. <laughs> I love it. So... I don't know. I probably get that from my parents. They're kind of like that too. Yeah. Yeah. They're just real loving. I'm lucky. I grew up in a really loving family and household. So it's probably not as easy for everybody else. I have a pretty different lifestyle. So it's probably not as easy for everyone else. They're probably like, fuck you, Lisa, and your happiness and your happy family and your chocolate. Fuck your happiness. See, that's what I'm afraid that's of. That's what they're going to say on, right? the, on the podcast. That's what, I, I can't I wait to hear the comments. Please don't say fuck you to me. I'm very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, it's amazing. Right? Yeah. It really is. It is. How can you not be happy when, do, when you're doing magic? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can. Who knows what other turmoil people are going through. Yeah. So everybody has that. Everybody has baggage. Yeah. Right? Have you ever gotten burned out? Burned out from magic? Yeah. Mm. 
Because you're a lifer. I guess, I guess burn. I guess. I think I try to actively keep balance. Yeah. So like, even though I grew up at the Magic Castle, literally, from 12 years old, <laughs> and I've always lived nearby, I try, which probably sounds terrible. Please don't write in. Um, I don't go too much. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of selective about it because I don't want to get burnt out. Yeah. Also, I don't like politics and I don't you know like I said before I don't like to involve myself in negative space so um I try to create balance and not and it's probably sometimes imbalance because I'm doing more stuff outside of magic and should be doing but I think that's helpful mm-hmm. because when I'm working on specific gigs and stuff you're so in it right yeah. you're so in it constantly day and hours hours and hours which I love but you have to decompress yeah. You gotta step away from it and just see what else is out there. There's so much life to live, right? So much world to see, and so many people. I think you just—it's a disservice not to take advantage mm-hmm. of doing it. And I think that also elevates your art. You can't just always be in that in mm-hmm. magic, because then you're not seeing what else is out there. I think you should like. I always feel like magicians should see. As many live shows that are not magic as humanly possible. Go to live concerts, go to plays, go to musicals. You have to experience other things that are not magic because that's just going to make your magic better. Yeah. Um, that's so important, I think, you know? I do. I agree. Totally. Yeah, you learn so much. You learn so much at what's existing out there. Uh, I think it was Bill Hicks said you have to live a life worth commenting on. Ooh. And that's what art is, is it's commenting on life through your point of view and through your perspective. And I, in my experience, have knowing magicians, a lot of them are purely magic nerds and their hobby is magic. And so yeah. when they perform magic, it's about magic and it becomes this weird meta thing that nobody else is in no on the No one joke. else can connect to because exactly. they've not taken the time to be sociable. Yeah. Which I think is bad. Super bad. Yeah. And I think it's important. Our whole gig is to like connect with people. If you're never connecting with people on your outside life, then there's no connection when you're performing. That's so hard to watch when you see it, when you're just like, hello, I'm here. (laughs) It's the hardest, one of the hardest things for me to watch is seeing somebody perform in front of a live audience as if they're performing in their bedroom, bedroom, in front of the mirror, in front of the mirror, yeah. or the it's like oh but they my become God. robots, right? Because they're like, "This is how I did it in my bedroom." Yeah, and now I have to do this move, and now this move, yeah. and they're it's just like, missing the mark. But that's when we should come in and guide them and give them good advice and like yes, like what? Like hey, have you ever been outside of your house? <laughs> let's hey, let's go, go on a walk. <laughs> Maybe try an alcoholic beverage; it'll loosen you up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to have a specific situation. But you want to be kind of gentle with mm-hmm. how you give advice. But I think that I think this art kind of lends itself to us being solitary people. So that's real and natural for most magicians yeah. to be sociable. Yeah. Because most magicians start doing magic because they're not really accepted into normal society. And that's their mode of finding acceptance. But never really then leap off the edge to actually 
learn how to talk to people <laughs> in a normal day-to-day situation. Yeah. Um, I just think that's normal. I think we all start out for the same reasons because we're all kind of awkward kids. And we're like, oh, this is something I can do. Do you think that's a conscious decision that people make when they get in magic? Or do you think it's a, like a subconscious draw? I think it could be both. It depends on the person, I think. I think it's like this like light bulb moment of finding something that you really like doing and then mm-hmm. also finding how satisfying it is to get people to be to yeah. react. So I don't know, it depends I think on each person. I think we all are kind of like these awkward nerds on the inside. Sorry guys, hate to break it to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Not but. Yes, hand. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I just know that uh, for myself, similar to gratitude where you, it's a conscious effort, the idea for me of faking it until you're making it. Yeah, sometimes you got to do that too. Well, that's what I'm saying is like the second that you're faking it, you're making it. Those things are happening at the same hand time. Hand in hand. Yeah, because... If you're faking it and you're really trying to fake it, you're having the same experience as if you were really just that thing. So that's a neat little life hack <laughs> that I've used many times. Anytime I'm like, oh, God, I feel so weird. I'm such an introvert and a nerd. And uh, I just go, yeah, I got this. this is yeah, great. well, you got to give yourself a pep talk. Yeah. I think it's natural to feel. I'm sexy, whiskey tits. Yeah, I've got the best hand hugs in the land. Own it. Yeah. You have to. My magic teacher also told me something really important, which was, that made me think what you said was... Whiskey tits? Whiskey tits really (laughs) resonated. Um, Is that I still, no matter what performance I do, still get really nervous before, Mm -hmm. no matter how many times I've done something. Yeah. But my magic teacher said, the day you don't feel that, before you do a show, it's probably the day you should take a break or stop doing magic. Because yeah. you should have this like really awkward, excited feeling of like, this is crazy and fun, and what's going to happen? And am I going to suck, or am I going to be great, or is it... It's Yeah. But that's, I love that feeling. Yeah. I do, too. like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this. The night... So, okay. This is a couple different things. But yes. Yes. I, I'm with you. The night that I filmed my set mm-hmm. was like the first time I'd performed in years. Um, also, uh, f- uh, Frank Sinatra. I was like, I blanked <laughs> on break. Frank Sinatra. I was like, what the fuck is happening to me? Uh, Frank Sinatra said something very similar. It's the day that you don't feel nervous, the day you should stop. Yeah. Um, but I was feeling very... Nervous? I, I wasn't nervous. I had, I had butterflies. Yeah, and I was I like, ooh, I remember this feeling yeah. and how I can harness that to Sweaty like be palms. a positive energy. Yeah. To, and, but, you know, it's, I, I'm very lucky, or maybe not lucky is the word. Maybe it's I have practiced this thing where I have those butterflies. I have that energy. Mm-hmm. And the second that I step out it and it's showtime. Away. I'm in total control. It's like the butterflies dematerialize and then spread out to all of my tendrils, and I am just I'm just playing the audience. Yeah, I love that. It feels that way. I don't know if it came off that way. No, that's yeah, for sure. (laughs) You were very comfortable. I felt very comfortable. comfortable. Felt good. That's a great feeling Uh, to have. 
I do love that feeling. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you just like, I always get really nervous. Then as soon as the music starts, I have this like overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I'm home. Yes. Just be home. Yeah. That's so cool too, yeah. that feeling. Like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be here in this moment right now. I feel that way too. And I don't know why I'm fighting it. Do you feel like you're fighting it? Yeah. In what way? I've, I feel like... You're holding yourself back a little bit in your performance? No, not that. Because when I'm there, I'm really there. I think it's mostly just... Homer Leeweg and I talked about this. How some people will just jot down a ton of ideas and you know brainstorm and get like everything on the page and then whittle everything down. Mm-hmm. He and I are similar in that he is what he calls a sharpshooter where he will procrastinate and then at the very end yeah that's the thing yeah. and it goes down on the page. And I that's how I've always been and I'm trying not to be that way anymore because I feel it's very Why? limiting in my own in my own experience and that's what's keeping me from performing. Mm. I filmed that castle set because John Archer said you have until the end of October. Oh wow. He gave you the swift kick in the booty. Yeah, and yeah, I would never it, right? I it, exactly, and I would never have done that. I would always have been like, yeah, I'm going to do that one day, mm-hmm. but I never would have done it. So that was really good. But I go back and watch the videotape now. And I'm proud of what I did, but I'm also like, ah, there's so much that I need to clean that's up. That's always going to happen. Of course, and that's how it should happen. Right. But I feel like I'm fighting myself, and I'm like, well, I'm not really a performer. I'm afraid of burning out, because if I want to... I love performing, but if I, I feel like if I start doing it, I'm going to be like, I don't want to do magic as my day job, and then yeah. also do the podcast, and then also right. perform. Well, maybe it's about... You know, being more selective about your gigs. Yeah. Being like doing gigs that will satisfy that. Part yeah, of you. yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's like you should do every gig and go back to being a teenager and charging $600. <laughs> or now maybe you should now. now. <laughs> <laughs> charge much more than that now. Um, I think that the space, the, this is what I feel right now. That I want to start performing more at the castle for free, impromptu, and just kind of work on chop, just work, on, your work on it. Because, like you know, I that circus car trick that I did, I had this idea that day. I was like, memory, oh, associate a memory with the that car. That day you that came day. up with that routine. That day, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a good one. Gold and then Danny, and then between the two shows, yeah. Danny gave me that amazing note, mm-hmm. and I did it okay the second show. And then the next night, I made a woman weep with it, and I was like, yeah. okay, I know what this is now. Yeah. Now I have to hone in on what yeah. that thing is. That's awesome. And that's why I want to start performing, not not for money. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm grateful and... and yeah. Lucky that I'm in a position where I don't have to worry about making ends meet uh, performing. But I want to start doing it so that I can hone in you can on find those moments. Yeah, yeah, because that's the awesome. the better I can understand that, because that thing that that trick is the easiest trick in the world. Met- methodologically, it's the first trick everybody learns, but it is strong. Yeah, and it is but powerful. But it's strong because of 
the connection, you made it. Exactly. Exactly. You the method is strong, strong, but that presentation, yeah. that connection with the person, yeah. and then that person's connection with the audience. Yeah. Whoever that may be. It's more important, right? It, it, is, what, it yeah. is more important. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally believe that, man. Um, so, so that's the kind of, that gets me off. Yeah. And, and the, the, the night that I made that girl weep, woman, she was young. I say girl. She was petite and small. I feel gross about saying it, but she was a woman. Um, she walked up to me. I'm only saying this because all the people listening know that I did the show at the yeah. castle and did the stuff. Um, she walked up to me after I came out of the library. She said, are you, are you a member? Have you heard? I, I think I told you this You story. told me after when I saw you that you made a woman weep, but I didn't hear the whole story, That the after. Okay. She walked up to me. I was leaving the library at the castle, and she said, are you a member? I said, yes. She said, I have some questions. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I am studying to be a psychic, and I wonder, this is my first time at the castle. Uh, I've seen amazing, incredible things that seem to slip over the line into the supernatural how what's what's the deal right yeah. is basically what her question is like what are right. your powers how did you learn and from that moment i was like i know how this night is gonna end right. with this person i'm gonna do that trick yeah from that point on it was about cultivating yeah. this experience for yeah. this person that's awesome and that, that's super insightful. Not a lot of magicians would take the time to connect the dots like that. But more should. That's what magic can be. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I did real magic yeah, with this woman. The potential is amazing. Yes. And that's how we should start teaching people how to I mean, it doesn't have to be that mind blowing experience every time. Yeah. But you should still But if you can have a few of those to give that kind of feeling to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that's super insightful. I think most people would be like, mm, let me just stuck my dick. Mm, Monica, I'm going to do my, put my rubber bands on and put my loops on. Okay, here we go. And like, miss the whole boat. I have six you know decks of cards on me. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-show and okay. Now yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, spent, I spent four hours with her and her boyfriend that night. Yeah. Including introducing them to Max Maven. Yes. And I was like, Max, there's this young woman. She's studying to be a psychic. Would you mind performing something and then telling That's her it's amazing. not real and he was like mm, let me think about it yes <laughs> and so he, he did and it was great and then she was like i don't want to go into the whole story about them but they had a discussion about it and i was just listening and you know the end of the night i did this routine for her yeah and Halfway through the routine, I can see her start yeah, to tear up. Yeah, that's so hard. And then, you know, as we're getting finished, she's just, you know, tears yeah. are starting to roll down. And, and I know what's happening. You don't... Yeah. Uh, I'm astute enough at reading people's body language. Right. They understand. She's thinking of not a great memory. So I start giving her words of affirmation, telling her how he's changed. she's changed and grown. And this, you know, this thing that hurt her heart is blah, blah, blah. And when it's finished, I said, you just had a real powerful, visceral yeah. experience insinuating, I've been very open about how I'm a magician, everything right. I do is a trick, but we just had a real moment that could be easily 
attributed to supernatural powers. But all night I've been telling you that that's not who I right. am and not what I do. And I just left it at, at that. www.elliotterrell.com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> My phone number is, please call me. Um, $600 an hour. <laughs> uh, but, and, you know, that, that's what I left with. I said, this is what yeah. just happened. And then I left. That's awesome. Um, and so Danny's notes solidified what that routine was and then having that experience that yeah. next night i'm like this is fucking gold this is this what is, this what resonates inside me yeah. yes that that was the epitome moment. that was the epitome of what this yeah. could be now i just have to figure out how to do that in a theatrical setting when i have 20 minutes yeah instead of three hours yeah that's intriguing to me yeah. that's something i want to pursue in a performance yeah. setting it's awesome yeah i love that you were that keen to sensing that with her and her emotions and I think that's there's a lesson there it's just I think to be a great magician a lot of times is just to learn how to listen to people and communicate kind of like not think about yourself just in your day-to-day life I think practicing that and speaking to people and really wanting to hear someone's story will make you an amazing magician just cluing yourself into other people's lives and being kind of thoughtful and mm. open is powerful. Elevate any magician, really. But I know a lot of people are like, I gotta practice this move though by myself in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so I you mean, have to find balance, right? You yeah. have to do both. It just or, takes. In my opinion, maybe not everyone feels that, that same way. Yeah. Everyone has their own goal of what they want. But we're right. But we're always right, basically. <laughs> Between the two of us. Yeah. Um, I think, again, it comes back to me uh, to me feeling very young and, and relatively inexperienced, but I've spent time with people like you and Daniel and Rico and Dana Dave and Ricky Smith and, and Adam Rubin and um, Chris Kenner and Homer Lee Wagon. Mm. These people that are... Name dropper. <laughs> Well, I say that to say this, Larry Funk, that... <laughs> Larry's the best. Oh, we need to have at least five I, I wrote minutes on Larry. I wrote something down to tell you after we're done. Funk strong all Fong, the way. I'm yeah, Fong hashtag family. Fong strong. Fong strong. I love that so much. Um, I say that to say this. I've, I've gained a lot of experience and knowledge by my luck. But I've been open to it and have been uh, absorbing it as much as I can. And I feel like I matured faster than a lot of people, even much older than myself, who are still on the new trick. I the first time I met you. It's because of the whiskey tits. Whiskey tits and the the hat. You dress older. Oh, thank you. I want to be an old man. (laughs) I want to be an old man. I told Larry I wanted to. Don't say that. Because when you're an old man, you're going to regret that. I wanted to gray my temples. No. What's wrong with you? You're an old soul. I am. Um, But I got this information quickly, and I matured quickly. I matured quickly for a lot of reasons, most of which are personal, uh, but also in magic. And so... The, I, it resonates with me, the idea of sitting in and practicing and doing all that stuff. Because yeah. I did all that, and I got Yo, very I mean, good very that, quickly. Not to say you shouldn't. No, Absolutely. you should always yeah. practice and rehearse, and of course, we're not saying that you shouldn't do that. But 
there comes a point, and it takes a lot longer for some people who aren't around the amazing magicians yeah. that I'm around all yeah, the time. Yeah, we're at an advantage. To exactly. Be fair. Exactly. We're. I did not have the same experiences. I mean, I literally grew up at the Magic Castle. I was 12 years old, <laughs> and then performing as an underage performer. All I mean, it was. I that's so special. Yeah. And no one else got that, so my experience was vastly different than most people. Yeah. But whenever you have those moments and experiences, you have to suck it up like a sponge when you meet those people. And gratitude. Gratitude. Yeah. Totally. I'm always in awe of the people that we get to hang out with. It's so fun. Just like, oh, you're super badass. And we're just having a conversation. Yeah, exactly. About stuff that's not magic, which is also <laughs> awesome. Even better, because now I get to understand who you are. Yeah. And then I can go back and analyze whatever right. you do magically through totally. that better understanding and lens. Totally. And that's what personal growth is, I think. It's, it's uh, looking at yourself by looking at other people. Yeah. And empathizing and understanding yeah. sort of the Empathy universal is truths. Just the right word. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that will make you grow and grow and grow as a human, not just as a magician, but just as a human. Make your life better, really. There should be more empathy in this world. You know, just round some stuff out and make it nice and happy. Can we have more rainbows and unicorns? We can. The world's so crazy right now. But let's not talk about that. So let's crazy. talk. No, let's not. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. No way. That stuff's no fun. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, is like, not that we should talk about it. I'm not saying that I'm not forcing you to talk about it. But there's also that thing if we can't choose not to do something because it is distasteful. I, I'm very open to those experiences that are not pleasurable yeah you have to have them of course i'm not yeah, yeah. i try to avoid them at all costs <laughs> but that doesn't mean i can't outrun them i think how you deal with those situations yeah yeah, yeah. is also a massive learning curve yeah. for your life yeah, yeah i mean no one can it's not always rainbows and unicorns although i wish it was but it's not yeah but you gotta it's how you deal with it right how do you deal with it uh, massive amounts of whiskey and then basically huddling in the corner in the shower <laughs> and crying it out. So just the same yeah. as everybody else? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm a really highly emotional person, so I get really affected very easily about by different things. Mm -hmm. But I would never change that because I, 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 think, I think that makes me me. I, I am highly emotional. Um, I don't know. I deal with things in different ways. I cry when I feel like crying and I, I don't, I try not to curb it, I guess. Yeah. It's just like, let it happen and get it out of your system. Yeah. And then reset and try to do good. Yeah. But you know, not every day is easy, but you can't not deal with stuff as well. That's not healthy. Yeah. You can't pent that stuff up because really good at toxic. crying. I'm a good crier. If I need a good cry I know, and I know it, I'm like, just going to go over here and cry for What's a What's your bit. trigger? Do you have a trigger? I mean, like, I, when I, I say know. that, I mean, like, is there a song that you listen to or a movie just that you watch? Just different or? things that trigger memories. But I just am really actually very highly emotional. So I'll cry when I'm happy. I'm cry when I'm sad. Mm. I cry when I get started. <laughs> it's probably excessive. But uh, I kind of love that about myself. I, yeah. When I was younger, I hated that I wore my heart on my sleeve. I hated it and was always trying to, like, tuck that away. But now I've kind of embraced it because I really think that's truly who I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't 
think I don't really care if anyone judges me because that's just really I think the people who are important to me just get it and know me yeah so everything else is just like white noise um but I don't know I think now as an like as an adult as I get older I let myself emote mm-hmm. even if it's totally irrationally and I give myself that window of like I'm being totally irrational and I need to cry and I need to be angry or I need to be this and I get it out and then I'm like okay now let's like regroup I did it you got it out of your system yes yeah. pull it to, pull it the fuck together and yep. act like a normal person and I think that's different from when I was younger where mm-hmm. I would just act out irrationally and be emotional and just be like wanting to wallow in that or be in yeah. that but now I let myself do it and then go, okay, you had it. Yeah. Now let's move on. I mean, we all want permission to feel our feelings. And yeah. the, the, mo- the best that you can do is give yourself permission. Yeah, and you have to. You got to get yeah. that shit out of your system, man. Otherwise, I mean, therapy is so expensive. Just get it out. <laughs> get it Just out. do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's, you, sh- you should, I just, you shouldn't hide from your emotions and your feelings. I think yeah. it's healthy, you know? Even if it's irrational. As long as I'm like, I know I'm being irrational right now. Give me two minutes. And it comes back to the self-awareness, Yeah, right? and yeah. then once it's done, it's fi- done. Then yeah. I'm like, okay, I apologize for that two-minute blast of weirdness. Yeah, yeah. But now it's fine. <laughs> but I like that now that I have that awareness. I yeah. totally did not have that in my 20s. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this, is work- this works for me now. Because now I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Works for me. Everybody should try it at home. Yes. Write me if you have any problems. <laughs> we'll cry it out together. You can find her on MySpace. We'll watch the, no- the notebook. Oh, yes. I still, have a, I still have a MySpace. Listen, I might start a band someday. That's, yeah. That's, that's why I keep it. Isn't you. that why everyone keeps their MySpace? And for all those ridiculous old pictures, I should probably take <laughs> Now before I go through and get the ones I want. <laughs> I know. Hey, I, those are still pretty okay for being terrible. Yeah. They're not, great, awful I, photos. Yeah. They're like really I'm not amazing, wonderful. Of those awful photos. Yes. Those are awful, but I'm like, yeah, that was exactly that moment. Yes, that's great. You know exactly what snapshot. era that is. <laughs> you know exactly what I was doing. Yeah. Had a good They're power great. Squad. I love them. I'm a good power squatter. Yeah. <laughs> Get those legs. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss to not ask about television consulting because okay. you've done a plethora of it over long period of time yes what's your question my question is the feeling of magic is very difficult to communicate over video so how do you approach it or how do you replace it Ooh, that's a great question well i think first and foremost it's really important to myself and the team that I work with is that whatever we want to have the person who's seeing the magic live have a real true experience. No cheating like that. They have to be in it and whatever is happening in that moment has to be a very real experience for them. Yeah. On the same token, when you're watching at home, it also has to be a real experience for that person, whether or not they're having the same exact experience doesn't matter to me as much as long as it's a genuine experience for both parties yeah so that's really important i think in uh the kind of magic i want to create for television is i still want to have those people have those feelings emote 
touch, feel, you know, impact. Yeah. So um, I think that's the base is just starting from there, thinking about what we want to do in that moment and then how do we get them to achieve those feelings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every project is different. Everybody, every magician has wants something different. So you still have to also play into that. So it's kind of like a little bit of a dance. So you still have to keep the artist happy. You have to keep production happy. You have to keep your director happy, network happy. But at the base of it, you still want to create that feeling because without that feeling of the person you're doing it for, mm -hmm. the fuck is the point of making this show? Yeah. So... You know, sometimes you win those battles and sometimes you lose them. Sometimes you're just like, all right, you just pick and choose your battles. But I think at the end of the day is just trying to create the most real and original magic that you can make in that moment with what you have. Mm -hmm. How much of that depends on the artist, the face? Um, it depends a lot because you want to do magic that they want to do. So that's all. That's a little bit of a tussle, right? Because it's like even if you have the best of intentions in your vision, if it's not their vision, you have to split the difference, right? Mm -hmm. um, also, can I can I interject yeah. real quick? How much are you playing teacher? Oh, in your role at not not here's the technique, but I know what you could be. I see who oh. you are. A lot every day every okay. mo I think every moment of every day is that yeah. is a lot I think because you know to be honest like wh whoever the artist is that we're working for that's the hardest job I mean I can't imagine I mean I guess I can because we did it on our show <laughs> I just have no memory of it but um, it's so much weight on their shoulders right also it's hard to release just be willing to release everything and let a team create something for you and expect them to nail down your personality and what you want to give in their creation without you being a part of it. Yeah. So I imagine that to be very difficult to give that up and not be part of that creative process. Mm -hmm. So every day I think is a teaching thing because we're explaining our reasoning for it or why the potential for it, why we're doing it in this moment. So that can be a battle sometimes. And I think it's just about getting them to trust the team. And, you know, our job is really to do all the work so they don't have to do the hard stuff at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And they can just shine in the moment. Mm -hmm. But you're still an artist, right? Yeah. They're still an artist. They still want to have their hand in it, still want it to be meaningful and still be... It has to feel like it's theirs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's delicate. It's a dance. You have to be able to go back and forth and explain yourself. And sometimes... Sometimes we win and sometimes they win. And hopefully it's at the end of the day, it's something that you're both proud of making. That's, that is a challenge mm -hmm. because we're not making magic for ourselves. We're making yeah. magic for somebody else. So we try to do our best to get to know each person and get to know their personalities and make something that they're going to want to do while still making it copacetic for the network and the director and the EP and everybody else and the audience at home. It's a super hard challenge yeah yeah but it's an awesome challenge to have you know it makes you you have to be on your toes all the time and think about it and you have to be willing to let go of some stuff and i think that's also a huge huge great experience to have on a daily basis it's like all right maybe this is not my opinion yeah but this is really what you want so we're gonna do what you want because i want you at the end of the day they have to be happy yeah totally 
And I don't want to make someone do magic that they don't want to do because that telegraphs on the screen. If they're yeah. doing something they fucking hate, that totally telegraphs. The audience knows. Yeah, yeah. the audience knows, the person you're doing the magic for live knows, then the people <laughs> at home know, and then you're now making... A you're lying you're not, on yeah, air. It's not a genuine version of your artist, so yeah. you still have to... I wouldn't say I'm a teacher. I think it's just like, you know, it's like it's a collaboration. You have to provide authentic material. Yeah. It's a collaboration. Our team is really good about saying that no one person is the leader. Mm -hmm. No one person has to take credit for what was built or what was invented. It's mm -hmm. a fucking we're a team and everybody puts it all in for each effect, no matter who started it, no matter who ended it, no matter who built it, and no matter who performs it in front of the camera is, this is our team. Yeah, this is our magic. Yeah, this is everybody's. How do you slip into, because you've consulted for a bunch of different names, if you would like to name drop. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to name drop. I mean, yeah. I, th I think the listeners would be interested. <laughs> well, I worked for, on David Blaine's last special. Ah, uh, who's I that? Mm, just some guy from New York. He's pretty okay. Okay. He's got some potential to grow. <laughs> uh, just kidding. David's probably never going to listen to this. No, he'll never hear this. No <laughs> but one will I do ever love hear. him. I do There's love only him. like 12 people that listen. I do love him, and we have a very special relationship. He's crazy and weird, but fuck, I have so much respect for him. Oh, totally. I mean, so he's much. incredible. He's the weirdest guy in the world, but he knows I think that, but I love him for that. Um, I worked on, uh, previous to that, a show called Illusions of Grandeur for a magician in Canada named Zach Mirza, and that was a very long project, a year-long project. That was really awesome. He was an up-and-coming magician, did mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff there. And then I've been working with Cyril pretty much since birth. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, since I've known him. Since I mean, my brother was on, has been his consultant on every special since the first special, and he's done like five billion specials. Yeah. And so I come in and out and do with that on TV shows, but I also usually come out every year and help him. He always has a new incarnation of his live touring show, and that's normally where I come and ah, spearhead that a little bit. And help that's him. interesting. Yeah, so I just did that with him about two months ago, and that was fun actually because that was my first time working as the sole consultant yeah. and like basically directing the show. So that was super fun for me to do that. Do you myself. prefer working on live as opposed to TV? Mm, I don't know if I have a preference. I don't That's know if I have a That's a very democratic answer. Well, I don't know that I have a preference. They're so different. Yeah. It's such like apples and oranges. There's sure. no way to compare them. They have, both have their own challenges. Um, I don't know. I guess I really do love working to build stage shows because that's just my wheelhouse, right? Yeah. It's just very comfortable and I know how to get it done and know what needs to be done and it's fun i love creating that from the base up mm -hmm. and like teaching people illusions and creating routines and finding music and choreographing things that's super satisfying to me as an artist mm -hmm. um yeah i love that so how do you slip into the how do you create magic for someone else how do you get into their essence and do so or is it like you create an effect and then you tailor it to that person uh, i mean what's the it, process oh like? man the process is so different dependent on the the show and dependent on the artist so every show is a different format right yeah. so generally if it's a, a new you know we will go in and um 
learn the personality of the artists that we're working with, mm -hmm. learn what the through line and the story is that the production team wants to achieve. So like, what is, what is the story? What are we doing here? Um, based on that story, then we think about where are we going? Um, what locations? Why are these locations helping the, the through line? And then we create magic for those scenarios. Mm. But it's a constant evolution. So there's no, there's no one way we ever do it. It's always different because each show is different. Each end result is different. And each artist is different. Like David is a completely different. It's such a different ballgame. <laughs> so yeah, that's a hard one to answer. We just, I think it's important to know the personality of the mm -hmm. person you're working with and what the end result is. And then what we're doing, like where, what is the show about? Then you pitch a bunch of ideas, like what if we do this and what if we do this? And then you think it's all settled and then you're like, oh, no, let's scrap all this and do all this. <laughs> and then even in the building, you're like, oh, this is not possible. So scrap this and let's do this. So it's, that's the, it's a just constant evolution. Yeah. I don't think it's ever exactly what you set out to be is ever what the end result. Never. It's never been that in any project I've ever worked on. A hundred percent has never been that. You go out with a certain goal, but open the possibility of what it can become. Mm -hmm. And then it always change. It always changes because yeah. you can't control anything. Yeah. Even on the day, you can actually go out on the day with the intention to shoot something very specific. You build everything. You get to the location, and something is not right, and you have to scrap everything you came with. And you're like, it's this mad dash. Like, what can we do here now? What yeah. Can we do. That's fun, too, because you're just like, oh, we had a plan, and that plan's not going, <laughs> not doing that. But, you know, that's just part of the job, I think. And yeah. then you're like, okay, now we're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Pull it together, guerrilla style, and it's <laughs> awesome. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, fuck, that totally worked. But no one will ever know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, it's different for every magician. True. Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what... What is the, what's the magic for you in Stage Illusions for a big theatrical oh, presentation man. on stage? What is the magic? What is the magic? Be more specific with that question. Okay. So you said earlier that you want to create these moments, these pictures. Yes. Right? Postcards. Yes. Snapshot. Mm -hmm. right? And that could be very moving and powerful. Mm -hmm. What is the impetus for the emotion of wonder? What's the magic of it? What is it that, you, yeah, what makes the magic? Because I find when I watch illusions, generally, they're bad. <laughs> And generally, they're not magical because you go, oh, wow, well, that's a weird box. Well, you know what? I think it's because with stage, we haven't, like, evolved, right? Yeah. I think that's the one part. I think now, you know, especially when David came into, like, light, it started this resurgence of, like, close-up and street magic. And, mm -hmm. like, I think that just kind of, it, it just didn't evolve. And it should evolve. And it can evolve. Yeah. I think we just haven't had anybody who's like oh you can do this or no i shouldn't say that i think there are artists where you've, i've seen stuff where i'm like yes this is the direction we should go in and maybe that's not magicians sometimes i'll see other acts i'm like fuck yes that's such a magical moment yes without it being magic mm -hmm. and i think that's where we should be going 
Um, I know for myself, like, I just distinctly remember emotions that I felt when I see other, when I saw stage magic as a kid. You know, my favorite, like, you know, Copperfield is like, oh, for me, because that's like the era I grew up in, right? But my favorite stuff that he did was always in the beginning. And that was even before I was really watching. It wasn't until I was older and watched, like, replays of his old, old stuff when he used to do vignettes. And that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. He's telling it's like a tiny movie in this four, five-minute period of time where it's like beginning, beginning, middle, end of this story where you're like, oh, roller coaster of emotions. And there's some magic in there. Yeah. That just happened to be in there. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stage magic that mm. I like to do. Um, sometimes it's not that. Sometimes that's not what people hire you for. They're just like, man, just give me a minute back that... Don't talk. Just get to it. Yeah, yeah. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes you have to make an act that's that. And that's not to say that I I don't have that. I have that as well. Mm -hmm. But I think if I were to do my big dream show ever someday, if I won the lotto or if I had a very wealthy investor, my dream is to do a ton of vignettes that make an entire story over an hour period that's like one long movie. But each vignette is a different, oh, God, nobody steal that, please. (laughs) Can you just edit that part out? Because I don't want anyone to take that idea. But I, that's kind of my end goal, is to create a bunch of tiny vignettes that all link together and make one giant story. Because I love plays, and I love musicals, and I love knowing that in a two-hour period, you can have an entire story happen in front of you, and mm-hmm. all these emotions and... I love that with live theater. That fuels me. I love seeing stuff like. Have you seen Hamilton? No. It's fucking amazing. You need to go. I. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. If you, you have think to you're go. the first person. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I like her. I had been wanting to see it, but I was like, I'm not gonna pay six hundred dollars to go see the show. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's just no way a Broadway show that's gonna make me. And I was kind of a bit. I never listened to the music before yeah. I saw the show because I didn't want to be affected. So I was like, let me just experience it. Yep. But man, it totally surpassed the hype. It was brilliant. Wow. And that and it moved me, and I hadn't felt that. I mean, I feel that not that it's <laughs> not often, but it had been a long time where I really felt moved. I felt yeah. that show at halftime made me say, "What am I doing with my life? How wow. can I change the world? What am I doing to change the world?" Is what I thought to myself I was like I need to do more there's more that I have to do I have to save the world so what are you doing I'm um, just making magic for other magicians <laughs> um, I think I changed the world because I, I I think I like to try to affect people just bring a little sliver of joy every day and I like to work for my charities which I think is like my little happiness that I love to do and that's soul fulfilling to me mm-hmm. um so I'm making tiny, tiny little marks, but I want to make bigger marks, and I think I will eventually. I think your show idea is great, and if you want you're me to edit it, it out, if you want it. me Listen, to guys, take it out. Listen, guys, you're not going to hear it, because I don't, you know, I'm a If you want me to take it out, if you want me to take it out, I will, but you're on the record saying that it's your idea. That's true. And but what if someone steals it? Magicians are so shady. No one can do it as beautifully as you will do I, it. That's true, because they're introverts <laughs> yeah exactly because they're all wrong <laughs> that's my end goal anyway i didn't say exactly what all my little vignettes are but that's yeah. my end goal yeah. i just love the feeling of 
I know when I see a show like Cirque, when you're just like, oh, I have so many emotions surging yeah. through my feelings. Yeah, yeah. Or like I saw... After I saw Ka, I was like, that's the best magic show I've ever seen. Yeah, you're and just it's like, not a magic what show. Hap- I love yeah, yeah. that feeling where you're yeah. like, oh, I can do... I have to do more. Yeah. And I love seeing different... Even just going to the museum and feeling that or just like... Hamilton was such a great example because I was like, what's going to be my opus? Like, that was clearly his opus. It was like, am I ever going to create something that's that genius or leave something, a mark that big on the world? So it just made me driven and excited. And I love seeing, I love watching super good magic. I went to FISM in Italy mm-hmm. three, three, two years ago, two and a half years ago my first visit ever and i was so high after it because it was exciting to see what other countries were doing and what other magicians like the bar was blown out of the sky yeah some of the stuff i saw and i was like yes this is how are we not seeing this how are we not being exposed to this kind of magic because it was so magical there was stuff that made me cry i was like well i don't know what's going on so much emotion but it was just thrilling i want to go with you next time korea we're doing it this summer let's go oh jesus it's so korea soon. august this august 2018 we're going you oh that's come. not that soon come that's on, a guys. year let's go to korea hmm. even though you live in korea town <laughs> that'll be fun i've Yay, been to- more korean food <laughs> yeah yeah walk in i've been to korea <laughs> <laughs> oh it's really exciting yeah i fucking loved it it was so inspirational to see where people's minds were going. Yeah. I was just like, yes. Yes. How would you ever think of that? So magical and so moving. That's so cool. And I feel like we, it's, you go through ebbs and flows here. I mean, sorry, guys, but like in the States, it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. American magic's far, weird. few and far between where you feel that feeling and on a, like, several times in, over the course of the day I was having that feeling wow and that I was like yes I want it it just su- it was so inspirational amazing and it was fun to meet magicians from all different parts of the world it's yeah, really yeah. neat to have this little special society that like you, you don't understand each other but you get each other so cool so cool. you gotta go let's do it guys we're making a pinky swear right now 2018 it. it's okay. on record all right Amanda looks so thrilled. <laughs> she seems down. No, but you're part of my life. I want you to be part of this. I would love it. I have officially hashtagged myself as the coolest person. I don't want to drink on it. You are the coolest person to me. But you're kind of not really in I that I should have late. just let Amanda do the podcast with Lisa. <laughs> what? Yes, we should do a podcast, just the two of us. Can you just... You snap? should do Amanda's podcast. I would love to. But it's very, very different than this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you heard it here first. We're going to Korea. Today. Yeah, we're going to Korea. Family. We're going to do Korea. It's going to be great. I'll send you all the information tomorrow yeah, no, via I actually, email. I actually super think that would be fun. It's so yeah. fun. It's so fucking fun. I, I had a great time <laughs> But imagine that times 40. That's why I'm like, It's oh, so intense. Oh, Most like, magic conventions, to be fair, you hang out all night, and I'm like, I'm going to miss the morning sessions because I need to live. But magic life is so intense because it's like, se- uh, not magic life, um, FISM, FISM is seven days, and they have like, 
first day is like meh regular stuff then they start all the comps like all the competitions and it's no joke it's not like oh we'll start around two it's like 8 a.m to like 8 p.m and then all this other stuff happens and you're up until mm, usually two or three and then you're like, oh, I have to get up and go to the comps again. Sounds like you need to do marathon training before it, that. You, I probably should have, but you, I never we felt at any moment. I was like, no, we got to get up. We got to go. I don't want to miss anything. We were so excited before to get up. Before we go to go. Korea, we should spend like two weeks. Yes. There was only prepping. one morning I missed, and it's because I, we got just maybe intoxicated with, I blame Dan Sperry, I blame Lu Chen, and I blame Mirko. Uh, Carl Hine and my brother, mostly. I now think who's that name was, dropping? I think that was all the people. And that was a very... <laughs> it was crazy. I picked up Lu Chen like a tiny baby in my arms. Oh, that's fun. He's a little... little Manny Gilbert almost threw me off a roof once. He almost threw you off a roof? Yeah. That wily rascal. No, I was climbing on his shoulders and he yeah, almost threw me off. No. He told me to do it. And then he tried to kill you? Yeah. We were on a balcony. You were set up. I was. Was he mad that you... That no, you we were did? having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Magician roughhousing after drinks at late oh, in the night Oh, and Cyril was fun. part of that equation. He's probably the biggest part of it. He's always the biggest part of it. He seems like equation. an instigator. Yeah. <laughs> you should have him on your podcast. He's coming in town next week. Oh, let's set it up. Yeah. He'll make me be here and be part of it because he can't speak for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Oh, it's true. <laughs> did you see his um no. his thing at Magic Live? Oh yes, I did see that. Yeah. I wrote half of that. It was Frieda very good. It was very the good. opening part that he had to read. I wrote. It was too complex for him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it'll be fine. I'll just read it from my phone and then blame it on being Japanese. I was like, just learn it. He needs a teleprompter. It really weirds me out when you're watching video of him and he's speaking Japanese and then he says a few words in English. Yeah. Because like everything about his mouth changes and then he yeah. says, and it's so fast. It's just like getting slapped in the face with dialogue. Like, yeah, what just happened? It was like, Whoa! But it was so cool, right? That expose. It's like, it's like it Japanese, cool? Japanese, Japanese, watch. Japanese, yeah. Japanese, Japanese. Hey, it was weird. Yeah, the expose was amazing. Yeah. Because um, that, that trick is incredible. When we were talking about it. Because Stan had asked him to do it. And I was like, I can't. We work so hard. No, I don't want any. But he's like, no, I think people should know. Like, I have a version. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will kick you in the nets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that one was hard to give up. But then when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, no, this is awesome. Because yeah. people should know the kind of work that happens behind yeah. the scenes. It was very cool. Because it was years and years and years and years of work. Well, also, nobody it. can do that. The, I mean, it, it, that's one of those things that's so unique to him. And the fact that he's touring with it and yeah. doing that shit live yeah. in front of people. It's fun. You know, he's there's... He's brilliant. He's such a good magician. I really yeah. respect him so much, even though he makes me crazy because he's like my brother. Um, we're so close. Mm -hmm. He makes me crazy sometimes. But he's just the hardest working magician in the business and really fucking loves magic and really cares about putting good magic out there and i think that's that's the future of magic is that that's those are the people we should be learning from yeah it's setting a precedence of like yes you just you hit an obstacle and you get over it and you bust through it and then you make it amazing yeah so it's super fun to work with him 
and my brother, when the three of us work together, it's so fun. Yeah. It's very rewarding. And fun. And it's just freaking fun. We have so much fun when we work together. It's the best. That's awesome. Yeah. We do the best that you can and make mistakes along the way so that at the end you have this beautiful body of work that yeah. shows who you are. Or Communicate like yourself. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like if it's if it's authentic the whole time yeah. or most of it, then it is beautiful because yeah. it's you and it's individual. Totally. Yeah, it's fun. It's rewarding. So when's your show going to be? My dream show? Yeah. Are you going to be my investor or win the lotto? I'm a, I will do neither of those know. things. I think there's a lot of things happening. I think I've had a lot of years just recently working on making magic for other magicians that yeah. I've had just recently this overwhelming feeling of, okay, time to do my this turn. for myself again. Because yeah. again, it's been so long. Yeah. And it's so easy to like fall out of practice of that because I don't want to ever not work for other people and help other people because mm -hmm. I also love that. Yeah. But you know, if you're a performer, that's just in your system and that feeds your soul. So I have some things in the works. I'm actually um, performing uh, at uh, Cali Magico in Colombia in two weekends. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Very cool. So that'll be fun. I've been I think I have Colombian listeners. Do you? Yeah. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bienvenidos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I'll be there. I have more than 12 listeners. That was a joke earlier. Oh, I mean. I have I like at least 20. Yes. I have tens of listeners. Amazing. You're going to make um, it someday. One day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to have my big break. Uh, I don't remember what we were we talking about. We were talking about performing. Yeah, it's yeah, been a so while. You're, yeah, and you're going to be in Colombia. I did it for then... so many years, and that was all I did before really consulting, and then... So it'll be nice to kind of go back and do that. What's the greatest lesson you learned about performance? Um, the greatest lessons I've learned is, man, I think it's just about, there's so many lessons. It's about just like all that matters is like giving that, giving something to the people that you're performing for. I had a really interesting, oh, I can't name any people Tricky. but anyway Tricky. i worked <laughs> so when i Name was going, growing up doing magic and started at the castle at 12 i was like i want to work for anyone who will let me work for them as long as i can learn stuff so i started assisting magicians i was like i don't care i'll do everything i want to learn everything i want to learn how you build props i want to learn how to put together i want to learn how your show goes together so i've worked with i don't know i've lost count i used to keep a running list of people that i assisted and i think the number was like into like 60s but what I got, came out of that was I got to be at the castle constantly all the time learning all this stuff. And then yeah. eventually they would let me do stuff time in the shows, which was like, okay, if I work for you, you got to let me do this. So that was also amazing. Oh, look at that hustle. But I worked with the magician <laughs> one time and did um, this massive illusion show. Fountaineau. <laughs> just no, I don't even just, know who that no, is. I'm just kidding. But it was really interesting because it was an there was no connection with this magician to the to this audience. Mm. This magician was just like I bought thousands of dollars worth of props and made this massive show. So clearly, it's going to be a good show. But there was never that connection. Yeah. Um, and then, like the inverse of that, I was working with a different magician. On a, I did a lot of cruise ships in my twenties. 
And there was one night. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it was so fun. I loved it. It was one of the, it was the best. I loved it. I learned so much. But um, I had to leave one contract then to go directly onto a different ship. And the first night we were there, the cruise director found us and was like, hey, so just want to reiterate that. Um, this is exactly yes. the same impersonation yes. that Nick does yes. for hey, the cruise director. Nothing's wrong. I'm just going to put on this voice. Um, you're still on tomorrow. You're still in the schedule for tomorrow. But your props didn't make it on board the ship. Nothing. Had nothing. The only thing I had, because I always travel, hand carry, my costumes, and my own personal magic stuff. That's mm. all I had. But we had none of the illusions or anything else. Yeah. So we're like, oh, what the fuck are we going to do? That's exciting. So we went to Walmart the Great. next day and literally pushed a cart down every aisle. And we're like, we can do this with this. And we can make this. And we can make this. We Mickey Mouse the show, put it all together, and got two standing ovations. Wow. Never mentioned that we didn't have any. We made like illusions out of random shit from Walmart, different effects. Two standing ovations. But that was a huge learning curve for me because it wasn't about the shit. Yeah. It was about what you were doing with the audience. And we did a lot of like audience participation and a lot of like comedy bits and we involved the audience and all that stuff. And they have the best time. So when I when I compare those two experiences, I always think about it's almost like, you know, when I see magicians, when you see them and they're so amazing technically, but there's no connection. What is the point? Yeah. Because sometimes you'll see a magician who's doing the most basic shit, but is so connected. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. I'm not the best magician in the world. I'll admit that. There's a lot of stuff I'm super shit at. But I'm really great at connecting with people. I am and I'm proud of that and I own that. And I think that's the difference. And they'll remember that more than anything else. And I think that's a huge lesson for magicians is you can still be... And I'm not saying like fucking drop your cards and don't practice. You know what I mean? Like, But there should be a balance. Go yeah. out and meet people. Go out and talk to people. Go out and learn stuff. Go out and be empathetic. Go out and... Listen. Listen. Listen is such a big thing, right? Talk to people and listen and actually care about what they're saying. And I think you can be... Your powers can be endless. That's so powerful. And I think we don't hear that enough from people who are supposed to be teaching us. We don't hear that enough. And that's what we should be giving when we do know that, is that's what we should give to young people or even old people who don't know that. Like, we have to share that little wealth of knowledge because it's the easiest thing to do. It's so easy to be empathetic and to give love. So easy. And you get so much back yeah. and your show will be amazing for it. I think that's, and that's one to grow on. <laughs> that's my little tidbit. Well, write great. in and tell me how much you like it <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about larry okay we, we can have talk to have what a do you larry wanna... session okay. all right we'll have larry is he session. gonna listen i'm gonna make him now that we're doing he'll it. listen he needs to catch it's up he said he's, he said he's behind oh what an asshole he's been busy yeah i know he's he's busy being larry i can't ever fault him for anything he's infallible he's the best yeah he's the be we need a barbecue man what the hell's going my life is I know. worthless i know Every, every Sunday, every, every Sunday, we Sunday. look at our phones and, yeah, and, and Google like Maps says, Google Maps says, go to Larry's house. Larry, Larry, I hope you're listening. You're going to cause us all to go into a deep, dark depression. 
Unless you start up winter barbecues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll just get fire pit. Well, fong wedge is going to be a thing. Yeah. Is that's it going yeah. to be a real thing? That's going to be a thing. We're making that happen. Right now, we're pledging. I'm happy to, to purchase happen. some fire pits, warm it up outside. Yeah, yeah. We need it. Yeah. Our little family needs it. I Larry. agree. I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, so you were talking about finding one of your old sketchbooks, or, or you should oh, have yeah. brought one of your old ones. I happened to... I don't know if I can say I don't know if I can say this. I might have to take this out. I'm actually gonna note the time just in case. Everyone just put your fingers in your ears because I don't know what we're talking about. I was at Larry's house and we were going through some of the stuff in his closet and I reached up and pulled off this dusty old black leather notebook. And I opened it and it said this Notebook was bought at the UCLA art store in 1978 for whoever cares. And I flip through it and it's these amazing sketches and goofy ideas. And it's like Larry distilled down into what he was in the seventies. It's amazing. That's so amazing. It's so cool. (gasps) I need to see that with my eyes. Yeah. He's got these goofy ideas. He's got, uh, you know, uh, portrait illustrations he's got love that like inventions and they're like numbered in the hundreds he's like you know invention number 829 is like this thing um he invented (laughs) like i swear to god i opened up the notebook the full page drawing and it's people at restaurants ordering at kiosks so they don't have to wait in line to order so smart he basically he was he was japan yeah he was 40 years (laughs) early yeah uh, but That's you know, so it, was so, awesome. it was so cool. Do you have a notebook like that? I don't. You should start one. I know. And just put every ridiculous idea you've ever had. It actually, the last time I looked, found my notebook and looked through it because I just recently emptied my storage container, and that's when I saw it. I was like, "What is this magic?" And it was awesome to look back at what my little baby mind thought <laughs> and did. And I was like, I should just keep adding to this because I still have weird, crazy ideas, and it's just. Now I put them in the notes section of my iPhone, but that's better. Like I would draw sketches and I would cut things out of magazines and wow. take them in there. And yeah. yeah, he had cut out a lot of comic book strips and pictures. Yeah, them. I did that. That was like my book too. And I was like, why don't I? This is so tangible and amazing. Yeah, that's so incredible. So I want to continue that, do it some more. Had some really also shit stuff in there, but was of course, awesome. of course, yeah, which is so awesome, yeah. Lots of yeah. doodles of naked people. That's what mine would penises. be. It would just be penises. Yeah, My notebook I can would see just you. be and whiskey tits. Penises and whiskey tits. <laughs> And uh, just just the saggy skin of my high school English teacher. <gasps> she had saggy skin. That's why the hand hug traumatized you yeah, so much. I yeah. pictured, to be fair, you're yeah. welcome. I pictured a really lovely, young, beautiful woman hand hugging you. Oh, I had other teachers that were saggy. No, that were that were but the hand attractive. Hugger was not the hand attractive? hugger was not. Oh, you totally the hand hugger was like intellectually vision. stimulating and attractive, but physically she was like, you know, a fifty-year-old <laughs> mother of two who taught college for who taught high school for Damn. thirty years. You know, do you think she's hot now? No, hmm. there there are much older ladies that I find far more attractive than her, including some of my teachers. Really, I never. 
was not lucky enough to ever have teachers that I was infatuated with. Oh, man. Oh, I, I had, like, several. I never had good ones. They're all handful. great teachers, but no one I was like, ooh. In middle school, high school, and college, I hauled head teachers. I was like, but oh, you yeah. were you're an old soul. You're ba- you were basically like I developed early man when too. You were five. Yeah. So. Well, I'm young. I had the internet when I was like ten, so I saw all kinds it's of showing off, dude. Stuff. I'm just saying, I was developed <laughs> early. You had access to information. Information. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just had Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> oh wow. How sad. <laughs> sad. Just recently I saw that at my parents' house and I was like, that's what we held as like the like end all be all of yeah, knowledge. This is knowledge this for humanity. One dude wrote. Yeah. So wrong. Think about all the misinformation I had in my brain as a child. Well, I feel like you can get as much or more I mean, misinformation. Now everything now. is real on the internet, that's right? True. Yeah, and on television. Television is much yeah, better you can't about lie. only Wikipedia saying true facts. Wikipedia is super accurate. About Wikipedia everything. is actually one of the more accurate places, strangely, because it's mm. democratic. Anyway, we don't have to get into that. <laughs> uh, we've been going for a little over two hours. This has no been way, absolutely really? yeah, yeah. We're at two. How fun! Two oh seven. Isn't I think. it so fun yeah. to just talk? It's so fun. This and is the easy. longest we've ever talked. I think too. Yeah, if it just met you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so, so we're going to go get in the pool. Let's do it. Get in the pool, Lisa. <laughs> I just want all of the listeners at home to know that Elliot is a pool uh, bully. Yeah. And always makes people get in the pool. Yeah. Even when you're not prepared to swim in a pool, he makes you get in the pool. But then you get in the pool and I you have a good time. I blame the hand hug from the, from the old <laughs> wrinkled teeth. It just ruined me for the whole, yeah. my whole life. I now feel I feel the connection, the man. I see where the anger comes from. I know. I feel like I'm really learning about myself right now. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Uh, we end the show with the guests sharing a story about the hardest time or one of the hardest times they've ever been fooled. Wait. So one if of you the could, hardest times I've ever been fooled? Yeah. Like I mean, that, like I'm, just like totally f- like fucked in the head flabbergasted. That's not fair because I'm like... I actively try to watch magic not as a magician. That's great. Always, hands down, always try to watch magic as a layman because I want to have that feeling. So I get fooled a lot. Yeah. But knowing how something is isn't not knowing how something is done is different than what I'm talking about. Like a true moment of astonishment where it feels like your head was put in the blender. Okay, I'll tell you my Santa story, which has nothing to do with magic, but is real fucking magic. And if anyone wants to write in and tell me how this happened, this is a real situation that happened that has no explanation. Lay it on me. So when I was much younger, I used to work a retail job in Beverly Hills at a a sunglass shop on Rodeo Drive. And for a very short stint in my life when I was like, what am I, I'm just gonna be a normal person. So I was getting ready to open the store with another girl who was working with me. And it was like mm, nine in the morning. We're getting ready. And it's, it's like end of November-ish, around this end of November time. And across, doors are closed. Across the street is a man walking cro- across the street. So if you've been on Rodeo, that's like fucking far. <laughs> And he's walking and he's got his like little white beard. And he's wearing a, I exact, remember exactly what he was wearing, a white shirt. He had a green uh, corduroy vest and green pants that had little candy canes matching. I didn't see it that close until later, but later I saw it. But he was wearing green vest and mm. green pants. Was there a beard, hand hug involved? Beard, no, no hand hug. <laughs> I wish there was. 
So I see him crossing the street as we're like getting ready to open the store. I was like, oh, look, there's Santa. Just jokingly to my mm-hmm. friend who's working. I was like, I'm going to ask him for a pony for Christmas. Whatever. Sure. Hours pass. Maybe mm-hmm. two or three hours. Store is open. He walks into the store. And I'm like, oh, there's Santa. So he comes up to me, and this is no shitting you. I am not lying. Hand to my heart. Swear this happened. She really did put her hand on her heart. He walks into the store, walks up to me, and says, did somebody say they wanted a pony for Christmas? Get the fuck out of here. No, I will not get the fuck out, because that actually happened. So I looked at my friend, Susanna, who was working with me, and this is her faith. So I'm like, did you take a break and, like, talk to this man, she's like, no, did you fucking take a So neither of us communicated, we're the only people in the store, neither of us communicated with this man, and this is what he said to me. So now I'm like, fucking weirded out, super weird, but yeah. I'm kind of excited because I have the heart brain of a 12-year-old, so I'm yeah. like, it's fucking Santa. And you want a pony. Yeah, and I want a pony. Yeah. Um, so we're, I'm walking around the store with him, and he's shopping, and I'm like, trying to fucking figure it out, right? But be cool, but be cool. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, so... uh are you from here? And he's like, no, no, my wife and I are just visiting in town. No shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, I said, is there a reason that you need sunglasses? He's like, yeah, we're almost done with our busy time of year. So we're going to, we always take a vacation after the holidays. So we're going to go to a beach and I want to get some sunglasses. I'm like, what's going on? So that was all of his interactions was answering like this. Santa so, questions. It was freaking Santa Claus. And yeah. if anyone wants to contest that, they can. But it was I Cyril. mean, it was the, literally <laughs> the most mag- non-magical, magical thing that's ever happened to me. Because there was no explanation. No, that's real magic. Yeah. There's no explanation. There's a, I mean, uh, it's so amazing. It was amazing. I mean, how did somebody say they wanted a pony for Christmas? That shouldn't have happened. But it was so exciting because I was like, oh, because in the back of my head, again, like yeah. I'm a 12-year-old girl, I was like, fucking told you guys Santa's real. <laughs> I want to believe that. I knew I wasn't wrong. I want to believe that that kind of magic exists. Yeah. So that was amazing for me. I did not get a pony for Christmas. But to be fair, I wasn't the best kid that year. So <laughs> it happens. Well, but that was the most hunt. non-magical magical thing that's happened to me that I have no explanation for yeah that i love magic i've seen a ton of magic that fools me every time and i like to not know how it works because i love seeing that stuff that happened on a daily basis at fism yeah where i was just like tear. it's like the first time i ever saw yuho jin yeah do his card manip mm-hmm. it was real magic to yeah. me and cried because it was real magic the first time I saw Copperfield fly. Real magic. I was yeah. 13 years old. Real magic. Cry. <laughs> I love that feeling. I love magicians to give me that feeling. I love that you can be a person that gives an escape for everyone in the room for whatever moment of time that is. And I always tell people when I do my show, like, take everything that's in your head, everything that happened, and leave it at the door, yeah. and let's escape together. Mm-hmm. And be in the moment of feeling like a child again and really feel it and allow yourself to feel that because it's such a fun feeling yeah it's so fun i don't like to try to figure out magic i want to just be fooled sometimes it's hard because your brain is just naturally like but Mm -hmm. i actively try not to like derek delgadio show when i saw the first time i was like 
think about it. I don't even want to talk to anybody yeah. about it. Yeah. I just want to be in just it. Just want to be here and now. I know how I felt, and that was moving for me and amazing and beautiful. I love that. That gave me that Santa feeling. Yeah. I love those moments, and I love when I get surprised by feeling those moments by magicians. I think they should try to give those moments to people. It's so fun. So that's it. Those are my magical stories. I do get fooled a lot, but I love that about myself. Yeah. I actively try to be fooled That's as much great. as possible. I think we should all try to do that. It's so fun. Yeah. Every magician has a memory of feeling that way when they first saw magic. So why would you not want to continually feel that way? It's like falling in love over and over again. It's so fun. It's so fun. So that's my other piece of advice. Just be fooled. Allow yourself to be fooled. Allow yeah. yourself to be a kid. Live in that. It's so fun. LisaDelVega.com. <laughs> Six hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Lisa. Thanks this has been so me. wonderful. This has been so fun. I can talk to you for hours. I'm... And no one wants to listen to that. Yeah. They. Pr- I probably lost them at the gratitude. It's section. gonna start devolving. You know, yeah. after a certain point, it's just gonna get weird. <laughs> yeah. We're just be staring at each other. We're gonna run out of whiskey, and it's gonna be like. I know. Well, uh, is it, mm, it's probably time yeah. to, uh, I, I have nowhere to go. It's just been a, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, no, this has been this great. So Thank fun. you so much. I can't wait for you to do more. Yeah. I mean, I just want to hang out now every time you do them, but that will, <laughs> well, we, we can do that. No, you don't want that. I'm just like <laughs> in the corner. It's fine. I got one of those already. Shut up, babe. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Lisa. How do you end these without it being weird? You just I, say thank it, it you? just is weird, yeah. It's so weird. But how do we make it? Let's make it more weird. Okay. But thank you, Elliot. No, thank you. No, really. It really thank is you. such a pleasure to have you in my it, home. I mean, but it was my pleasure. Well, I know. Your pleasure is my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> should we hand hug? Yes, we should. <laughs> we should end it on a hand hug. So oh, I wish you guys could see this at home. It's good. Hold on, let me take a picture for the He's Patreon. Having, He's gonna bring back so many this awkward memories. Behind for the him. scenes for the Patreon. Ah. Oh God, you look so great. You're so photogenic. <laughs> no. All right, thanks, Lisa. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Magical Thinking and become a patron to support the show and get access to exclusive content like magic audiobooks, tips on style and fashion, a revamped book club, behind-the-scenes pictures and video, audio answers to your magic questions, and more. You can get in touch with me by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. And when you're finished, head into your podcast app and leave a rating and a review for Magical Thinking. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.